1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, lots of stuff, as I said, to talk about today. Our president, though, uh, according to him, is selling the wind, or at least um, uh, very, very happy about a wind sale. I just like the way he articulated it. I know maybe I'm, I'm overdoing it. And by the way, unofficial producer Dan, a buddy of mine, sent me some music to intro the segment, which is great. There we go. Yeah, we're ready for it now. Let's hear from our president, and let's hear about the awesome things he's doing for us. And actually, Bidenomics was a sign behind him, uh, which some people would say means everything costs more money, and you don't have more money to pay for all that stuff. Uh, but not him. He says it's something way better. Today, we announced the first ever offshore wind sail <laughs> in the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah! Woo! Going to the Gulf. We're going to the Gulf. think I'm kidding. <laughs> Ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet, man. We're selling the wind. We're going to sell the sky. We're going to figure everything else out. We're going to have the money for you people. Uh, We don't want to do anything with oil and gas, though. We want those industries to die, even if that means that it costs you a terrible amount more money every day in your own life. Uh, That's the messaging of our president. Uh, We also have this. Uh, He said that uh, low-wage workers are making way more money, uh, even though he still describes them as low-wage workers. At the same time, pay for low-wage workers has gone up at a faster pace in over two decades. Wages are growing faster than inflation. So that's also a lie, uh, by the way. Uh, Wages are not growing faster than inflation. And a lot of people, and I don't even mean this as like politically biased, one side of the aisle people, uh, say that's the biggest knock on someone trying to sell Bidenomics to you as the big win of their administration. I don't know why or how specifically uh, that is what they landed on. I mean that honestly. I, I don't know how the... The Biden team goes, you know what we should do? Uh, We should go out into the world and we should tell people every day who know that their lives aren't better than they've been, who know when you go to the grocery store and walk out of the grocery store that you've just put uh, more money on your credit card than you want to put on your credit card, that things are better, not worse, that you should be happy, not sad. It's trying to just literally reshape your opinion of of life right now um, and then hope that you listen to them, hope that they're the arbiter of what is and isn't true for you. Uh, not what you experience on a daily basis. We'll move on to other stuff. I thought this was an interesting back and forth on Fox News uh, with John Kirby uh, talking about um, Joe, Mum- Joe Biden, our president. I almost called him President Mumble, uh, literally mumbling and falling asleep. The, the funny thing about the other day, and I do sometimes get told I criticize our president too much. I mean, uh, whatever it might be. I don't I don't mean to be. Uh, but when you're the president of the country, the, the focus has to be pretty strong. And he did for anyone that didn't hear me talk about it or see it seemed to be literally falling asleep, uh, head down, arms across the chest, the way that maybe a, a relative of yours might fall asleep in a chair uh, while you're at their house, and then just kept moving on from there. So the back and forth question was, was this a bad moment for the president? Is this something that is embarrassing for us? And of course, the answer is not going to be aligned with what they should say, uh, which is, yeah, that wasn't great. Uh, we probably need to get him Adderall or something to help wake the president up. Here we go. Quick question about Israel, because the president met with the president of Israel yesterday in the Oval Office. This this moment got of a bit of attention, um, and it's not the only one that is kind of like this that we sometimes see. And I just want to play it for you. Sure. And we brought Israelis and Palestinians together at a political <laughs> level. And, uh-huh. uh, and, uh, at, at the, uh, uh, what? And Akko and Al-Shah. Uh-huh. And uh, as I... Uh, 
affirmed to Prime Minister Netanyahu yesterday. America's commitment to Israel. Perfect. Firm. Good. John, it has got a lot of attention. It got picked up in a lot of places. Why is it so hard to understand what, what the president is trying to say there? I think he was very, very clear, Martha. <laughs> uh, first of all, our commitment to, iron, to, to Israel's security is ironclad, not going to change. That doesn't mean that we don't have concerns. He doesn't have concerns, and he's expressed those uh, about. Yeah, no, we're not asking about any of that. We were asking why he took uh, 30 seconds to say something and also seemed to make no eye contact and seemed to be drifting off to sleep. I don't know why you can't. That's the biggest problem, I think. If you don't want to be uh, hardcore on a side of the aisle, but you want to be honest about the world in which we live and the leader of the country right now, the, the easiest thing you can say is that there's such a desperation to behave as though everything's fine, everything's fine. It's almost like that meme. Uh, where everything behind you is on fire, and there's the one cartoon character saying everything seems great, all right, in the middle of the room. Uh, this is the worst version of how um, how the president possibly can be behaving on a day-to-day -day basis in embarrassing ways and still be left in charge. For him to get any worse would mean it would be too obvious and he'd be removed from office uh, for his own good, probably by his own political party. So I just find that interesting that we're on the, the like right on the, the cliff of that, and not necessarily over the hill on that. Uh, there is a lot of talk about RFK Jr., and there has been talk of trying to censor him, or censure him is the right way to say it. Uh, here's a little bit of that back and forth uh, from the other day. And do you think Mr. Kennedy's theory is racist? I think that Mr. Kennedy's statements fuels the theories that suggest that there's a biology to race, and that therefore we can actually identify people in communities as possibly either being benefited by or being people who are not sharing the same interests and needs as the rest of us. And yes, that has served to drive hate and bias and sadly, including violent incidents. Here's what I want to say about this uh, thing specifically, and I'm actually not going to dive into the details of, of what RFK Jr. is saying and why it's being challenged like this by Democrats in uh, positions of power within our government. Uh, what, I, what I think is going on is that a lot more conservatives than maybe some people expected are listing uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. as a person of interest in the world of our political system. And he does say a lot of things uh, that would be described even by me as conspiracy theory. Uh, whether some of those wind up being true or false, some conspiracy theories wind up being accurate. Uh, you've seen that before. Uh, but it does exist. And so I think it's actually an attack on uh, what probably many Democrats believe to be uh, someone who's running for office more to benefit Republicans than to benefit himself or to actually become the heir apparent. Because it, it almost reminds me of something else very different. It almost reminds me of Bernie Sanders. And that might make no sense to anybody on that side of the aisle. But when Bernie seemed to be the guy that was likely to get a nomination and it wasn't going to be Hillary Clinton, uh, Bernie Sanders got destroyed by the uh, Democratic machine and wound up not obviously being uh, the nominee. I feel like that's, and especially with Biden too, I feel like that's happening again in this world where, where Kennedy is getting attention. He is getting on certain stages. He is getting people in polls, Democratic voters, that say that they like him. I think he's got like a 20% approval rating or something like that at this point. Uh, among likely voters in the Democratic Party, they would vote him uh, before they would vote for our current president. And so it's, it's a mission to destroy uh, someone who's on his own uh, seeming to gain attention. Um, again, whether some of what they say and the accusations and all of it uh, is something you agree with or something you disagree with, I just find it interesting 
uh, that the political system has turned its attention on, or at least Democrats have, uh, a person that's supposed to be within their party. Because uh, some people do ask me. They're like, hey, Craig, uh, you've said it a little bit. Some of your guests have said it more, that maybe uh, President Biden won't actually be on the ticket uh, for the next couple of years. Something might go another way. Uh, that something would be something very similar to this, uh, where eventually you start turning on and finding ways to remove uh, the president from at least the role of running again, now, because he's only likely to get worse, not better, uh, based on a lot of what we've seen so far. I actually would even I'll go one step further and I'll take a break. I actually think he's gotten worse over the years. He's been in office already. And part of that might be because of the stress of being our president. Uh, but when you look at, say, Fetterman and how Fetterman has dealt with a genuine actual uh, medical health issue and then struggling through it and dealing with it, and winding up uh, checking himself into into rehab for depression. Uh, you wonder how the president of the United States is handling all the different challenges that he faces and the ways in which he just simply acts. He got lost again today uh, trying to get off a stage. Uh, it took him like 10, 15 minutes to figure out what direction out was. That's not a good look for us. A quick break. Sillier stuff coming up in a bit. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3 WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, a buddy of mine is actually in studio with me, a guy who has worked in a couple different fields but has uh, some opportunities at times in radio. Uh, Dan, how are you doing, buddy? Good. How are you doing, Craig? Unofficial producer of the show. I used to call you at some other places I worked because you also sent me a lot of stuff. Oh, you're very nice about it. We've been through it. the thick and thin of it. <laughs> yeah, we have. You've listened to me in a couple different places, actually. Um, so uh, here is something I find interesting. Are you an early bird or not? I am a very early bird. What do you mean by very early? I'm talking like 4 o'clock in the morning. Every day? Every day. All the time, weekends too? Yeah, well, I okay. have a trouble sleeping too, so that's the other issue. I kind of thought that about you. Uh, so more and more people are becoming early birds. Uh, new trend. Suddenly a lot of people wake up in those hours you're describing. Uh, some people actually take naps throughout the day. Are you a napper? I do, on okay. occasion. Okay, you feel like you don't want to admit that. Does it happen on like the clock somewhere? It, happen. Not it does not happen no, no, on the clock. Okay, don't worry, okay. It but then you get the people who say, well, that's why you can't sleep at night. Yeah, because you're, yeah, you're up. Right. Uh, well, I take Adderall. That's probably a reason sometimes sleep is tougher for me. Uh, but apparently a lot of this is mimicking the behaviors of grandma and grandpa. Grandma and grandpa start to do uh, naps at noon and other things. The Wall Street Journal is reporting on this. And so people, younger people, uh, who see the benefit of that for their, their parents or their grandparents are like, you know what? We should do that. Uh, but actually it also does mention here that another theory is a lot of people are also – uh, night owls. So a lot of people who nap, not a lot of people who wake up early are people who can't seem to fall asleep. I do have some tips uh, for anyone that's trying to do this. Uh, young people, be healthy, avoid alcohol, uh, get a full seven, eight hours of sleep every single night. Uh, working from home also might be a problem for anyone that's doing it because it becomes hard to separate work and not working. Do you work from home at all? No. I do on occasion. Okay. Does this talk about sleeping in separate beds as grandma and grandpa used to do? No, it doesn't say no, that. It doesn't no, have no. that? Okay. Yeah. The sleep divorce thing? Yes. Yeah. You've heard of that, too, yes? Oh, I, yeah. I, I've, the I've been, I Love Lucy? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there yes. you go. I've been told by a lot of people that that's great. And you know what's funny is the more I talk about it on the radio, the more my wife, when I get home, is like, well, you do move around, Craig, a lot at night. You do. you do. have the Jimmy leg? <laughs> she calls it the chinqual, which okay. I guess that means a worm. But, yeah, maybe it's the Jimmy leg. It's one of those things. I don't know. But uh, she, she seems to be more and more convinced as that topic comes up, that maybe I should get myself a, a second bed, like a baby bed off to the side. I'm not sure. 
Uh, other things out there that I like a little bit. Uh, what's going on with you, actually? I could ask you that first. You're a coach for a swim team, Augustana College. Augustana College up in uh, Rock Island, Illinois. So just recruiting this summer and just having a great summer. So Nice. There you go. Uh, you guys won the championship. Yep, we won uh, the championship for the first time in 42 years. Okay. Uh, the first time in 42 years? 42 years. Is there pressure on you now? I don't know if there's pressure, but I think that... Is it right now because I'm mentioning it? Yes, it, now it... there is. Thank you, Craig. I really appreciate is it that. Because you got to win like two. You can't win just one. I That's mean, what I've been told. I've, yeah. I've been told that once you won one, you got to keep winning. Yeah, as Mike did it, you got to win probably at least three. So then you can call yourself a, you know, a legacy or whatever, a, um, you know, uh, an actual uh, franchise, dynasty. I think that's the word I was looking for. You're not a dynasty yet. Is this this bad? As I've gone a bad road, you, you have totally gone down a bad road. I really <laughs> okay, appreciate okay, it, Craig. Forgetting it, forget. It. Let's move on. Other stuff. Uh, maple syrup flavored spam is hitting grocery store shelves. Uh, this is a product that people are calling another horrible invention by the world. Um, have you had spam? Have you eaten? Anyone actually listening to the show too? Three zero nine three four zero four four six four is the phone number to text. These are some of the stupider things I talked to Dan about. Three zero nine three four zero four four six four. I've never consumed spam in my life. I've had it never at a wedding it. reception. You've had it at a wedding? I am not kidding you. <laughs> Why did they serve spam? I was young, and I asked my parents, what is this weird meat I'm eating? And, and they, I, they said spam. And they said that the uh, bride and groom are probably trying to save some money. Gotcha. Was that the only option at I the reception? I think it was. Just cans of it? Yes, and McDonald's was really nice after that wedding reception. <laughs> That's uh, You want the maple syrup flavored one or no? No, I have okay. no desire for that. All right, why not? <laughs> how, was, how was your spam experience you had at the wedding? Was it good? It, it was not great. Okay, all right, cool. Maybe maple syrup was the missing ingredient for you, man. They have 11 other types, by the way. Uh, that's not the only uh, variety. I'm now on the spam website. Uh, they have spam light, which seems good. Spam classic. Uh, spam 25% less sodium. I don't know how that's different than light. Uh, spam with bacon. Now, bacon added to it. Now you're talking. All right. Uh, spam over That's turkey. That's like putting ranch on anything. Spam, spam oven roasted turkey. Uh, spam hickory smoke flavored. <laughs> I didn't know there were this many flavors of spam, man. I, I don't know if they – everything has multiple flavors now. You know what I'm surprised in? There's not a pumpkin spice uh, oh, flavor yes. of spam. 100%. That's, that's coming sometime soon, sometime in the future, uh, I think. Uh, also out there in the world, uh, James Cameron tried to warn us about AI and now he's telling us that he tried to warn us about AI. How about James Cameron should be happy <laughs> that a submarine that was made in Home Depot went down because now he is on all my feeds. Oh, my God. He was. T Titanic is on all my feeds. Yes. It's everywhere. That, it's a weird way to say it, but you're right. He was propped up as far as a, a human being as, like, the expert voice and in the Netflix world. And Netflix is now releasing Titanic back into Netflix, I Are think. Are they? I really? Okay. Uh, yeah. He was, he was brought in as, like, the expert voice. As we were going through that whole thing uh, with the Titan, the sad uh, story with the Titan, I don't know why we couldn't find better expert voices than James Cameron. How did he become the, like, the guy? Um, but now apparently because of the Terminator and just in general uh, his discussions about it, he might be a guy that people start interviewing about AI. Uh, maybe he'll stop making movies and just be like an expert that gets brought in uh, to media situations. His story is incredible. I don't know if you know his story, but he, no. he did not go into film school. He was a truck driver. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know nothing about James He Cameron. went down. He would go to USC's campus to their film school and get a key to the building and get all their Xerox copies of all their literature of how Stuff. to do films and that's yeah. how he did it so he's a self-taught filmmaker and i only know that because of the sinking of the titan because sure, i yeah. did, now did research on him 
because <laughs> you saw him all over the place giving his resume. All right, so so James Cameron is a guy that self-made him his world as a filmmaker, uh, then as an expert in in submarines and artificial intelligence. So he's just a guy that spends all his time at the library reading stuff. I'd like to have dinner with him. Would you? Yes. Who would be on your like top? Is he the top choice for no. dinner? Okay. I, th- I think I think Elon would be very interesting. Oh yeah, I think he'd be. I would love to have a, a meal with Elon and Zuckerberg together. That's what I would like. I, I think I want to call. I want drama. that after the fight. That's what I want. <laughs> sure. That fight is that going to happen still? Are they still talking about that? I'm not sure, but I, I would love to see it. Okay. Did you see the photo of Mark Zuckerberg without a shirt on? Yeah. He actually has. He like, needs to get some sun. Well, he does need to get some sun. That is true. But he actually does have a, a more muscular body than people expect. I was very have. shocked. But <laughs> when you can probably afford five yeah. trainers. And oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can figure that out. I, I didn't know how to say that. The, but it was it was more significant than I thought it would be. Is it enhanced? If, I don't know. Maybe it is. You're right. Maybe it's all photoshopped. Is this Rocky Four? Yeah, right, yeah. Zuckerberg, of all people, the guy who invented Facebook, would know how to put you know stuff on a photo to make it look better. But I felt way worse about Elon Musk's chances after that photo came out mm-hmm. because he's not a guy, I think, who's training at all. Maybe you give Elon a weapon. Not nothing crazy, just like a little weapon, you know. Like what would uh, that be? I don't know. Uh, maybe you give him um, a brass knuckle of some kind. Of <laughs> thing. That feels like a big weapon, uh, you know. All right, something different, something in the middle there. Uh, just something to help him a little bit out. I, I don't know. Uh, I think you give him a c- computer equipment. Sure. Yeah. There you so go. So one person gets yeah. a mouse, the oh, other person gets, you know, like yeah, you and just, then they can use those type of things. You just give Elon a bunch of keyboards that right. he can slap over the other 100%. guy's face. That would be hilarious. I love that idea. I also saw people are talking about dealing with the heat, uh, heat waves uh, throughout the place, uh, throughout the country, uh, kind of hotter today here. Um, drink more water is the number one tip. You know what I love? Uh, before I even go through this list, I like the news places that do this, like the TV news. When they're like, yeah, the heat's bad. Here's your tips for heat. Breaking news. <laughs> drink water. Drink water more. Or when it's cold outside, they're like, you should probably wear gloves when you go outside. Don't go outside without them. Uh, other great tips, uh, wear lighter clothing or less clothing. 54% of people do that when it gets hot. Uh, keep your windows and doors closed to keep the hot air out is another tip. And run your air conditioning. I know. Uh, wow. Blowing our minds uh, one at a time. Uh, avoid doing anything physical outdoors is on this list. Avoid <laughs> Okay. Avoid hot drinks. Uh, do not get a hot drink and take it outside with you when it's and hot Avoid out. putting a child or a pet in a car with the windows rolled up. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you could do that, too. Uh, But those are tips for avoiding the heat. Uh, A lot more to talk about. Thanks, Dan, for hanging out for a bit. Thanks, Craig. Unofficial producer, friend of the show. Um, We got a lot more to discuss, including somebody did win uh, the Powerball. They got um, half a billion dollars if they take the uh, lump sum payment and no idea what they're going to do with it. The person is in California, uh, which means uh, now one last thing for you to have to buy a ticket for if you've been gambling. Uh, we got a quick break. Will's got the news. Uh, you can hear us all over the Internet, WMBDRadio.com, but you can also just tell your smart speaker to play WMBD Radio. I'm not going to say to do that other stuff, Will. Just play WMBD Radio <laughs> and not fire off me Man, some I Will I got Stevenson. so used to you making inaccurate <laughs> statements about what you can tell your smart speaker. They're only inaccurate till we make them happen. Well, right? I, I we know. have the technology. Do we, do we know how to do that? Yeah, we can do. Can we do that? Right? Can we, can, I can do I'll it. I'll wait right here if, somebody, if you want to do if it. If somebody gives me access to the login for some of that stuff, I could do it. And then fire off some well, Will they're, Stevenson. They're would work. never going to give us <laughs> access to that, Maybe. You know, well, you got Adobe Edition, so you don't know. Um, <laughs> Will's got the news. As I, I haven't said. figured everything out on it yet. Okay, that's fine. And your computer might not be fast enough to handle it. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, a lot of, <laughs> at least it used to used to not be. <laughs> oh, nice. You got a new computer, too? Yeah, that's Look why they you. gave me Adobe Look Audition. At you. Your world is so much better. Are you going to stop complaining TJ about stuff? I got a new computer, too. Wow. Um, 
I'm, I don't know what to say. The now. only slow no, computer just... in the newsroom is Julius now. And then the and only... she's on vacation, so it doesn't matter. And the only other one that's aged, I'm not going to call it slow, but aged is sitting right here in front of me. Yeah, I, okay. I know. I've, I've, Until, I've been I think, in there recently. I think it's going to change soon. But anyway, we're I late for the so. news. Will's got the news. All right. Listen to us on your smart speaker. Tell it to play WMBD radio. Here's a Will Stevenson. 1470. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about, as I always say. Uh, the whistleblower reaction uh, was exactly what I thought it would be when I talked about that yesterday. Uh, two whistleblowers came forward. Uh, they said that they uh, were the main agents working on investigating Hunter Biden and his tax problems. And then also the fact that he had a gun and he shouldn't have had one uh, because of some of the other things uh, that he's been doing. And it's all in a book. You can buy his memoir and read all kinds of stuff. Uh, but anyway, what's significant about the whistleblower, I played the audio yesterday, I won't play it again today, uh, is one of the two s- described himself as a Democrat, uh, said that he's married to a man, so he's LGBTQ. Uh, he's all this stuff that media can't ignore, or at least uh, part of media that tries to ignore this stuff, they can't ignore. They can't say that this is a, this is a Trump guy who's just doing whatever people want to do because he, he hates somebody. I don't know. Uh, but I want to play this. This was the Today Show open, uh, which, of course, right to whistleblower, right? That's the first conversation out of the gate. Two people from the IRS saying that something happened significant. They were prevented from doing their job. It could lead back to the like all the salacious stuff that if it was Republicans would be uh, wall to wall news. But here we go. Can we start with a little bit of good yes. news, though, at least for somebody? <laughs> that billion dollar Powerball <laughs> jackpot has Oh, yeah, there we go. Won. All right, check it Woo! out. This is the place. This is the store. It's downtown Los Angeles. That's where that ticket was sold. NBC. Oh, yeah, okay. So that was more important, obviously. Uh, somebody did win a billion dollars. I don't know who they are. We probably won't know who they are for a while. Uh, you know, it was crazy. Uh, and this is me now falling into the media trap of talking about this instead of the whistleblower stuff. But what was crazy to me about it uh, was there were so many angry people on so many social media posts about somebody winning. Uh, everybody else was like, well, whatever. That stinks that they won and I didn't. Our odds were terrible. We, we all had horrible odds. Yes, we. I bought some tickets. We all had terrible odds of winning. And there was a short period of time before the numbers were drawn where I was pretty sure I was going to win. Uh, maybe like a lot of people, like I, I could win. It is possible. And then, it well, it didn't happen. Uh, but anyway, the whistleblower, as I said, should be a more significant conversation. Uh, I do think it's, it's interesting uh, that even though there is someone out there that helps to redefine uh, what would be an easy narrative, that these whistleblowers aren't real, they don't uh, care, they're not trying to help, uh, they're just politically motivated, uh, is the fact that one of the two is a Democrat, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but here, Morning Joe uh, slamming the lies uh, from everyone that is not um, Democrats on this, everyone that is is saying that things are bad are just so-called whistleblowers and terrible people. Again, so-called whistleblowers. I mean, uh, oh my God. I mean, these IRS whistleblowers at least weren't spies. At least they didn't illegally <laughs> smuggle Iranian oil to uh-huh. the Communist Chinese Party. At least, at least that. they weren't an active agent for the Chinese Communist Party. But of course, they're still terrible people. I think is the the uh, underlying message. Like there. the last whistleblower was, but this whistleblower admitted, "Yeah, yeah, I brought this up to the Trump administration and the Trump Justice Department. They didn't see anything there either." And oh yeah, all those things. 
Republican congressmen have been saying about Merrick Garland that I said about him, supposedly. Those are lies, too. So that's an oversimplification of what happened, to say the least. Uh, one of the biggest reasons that the Trump administration didn't do anything as they first started to investigate the Hunter Biden stuff, uh, from what I understand, is that they were in a gaining information stage that was supposed to continue. And because of certain rules, rules about not tampering with elections, uh, they actually honored the idea uh, that Biden, in the role of running for office as the, the nominee on the Democratic side of the aisle, uh, would not have any of this hit him until after the campaign was over, until after the election was over. It wasn't intent to go away forever. It was intent to be investigated and continue, uh, but not necessarily wind up in the stage of, of charges. And the fact that you take five years and then you charge uh, Hunter Biden with what you charge him with in and of itself doesn't make sense to a lot of people. I think even Chris Christie uh, doesn't like that part. But I just love uh, that we're at a place that I've, I've told you I think we're at before, where depending on who delivers the message to you, if they're politically on your side or not, uh, you're likely to not listen or let not you necessarily the person listening, uh, but a lot of people out there and a lot of the way media presents it are likely to believe that it's all crap or it's all absolutely true uh, simply based on who started the narrative in the first place. That's that's bad. That's probably not good for us. Uh, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is defending himself uh, and saying that misinformation is really just information that is true but inconvenient. Uh, there there are things that he says that I don't think are true. I'm going to put that out there in case anybody gets mad at me uh, for propping up uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. But I do think that that's a really interesting way to phrase how people were scared of the government saying they wanted to be the ones to control misinformation and the ones who were doing it on a lot of social media. Here we go. I was I was censored not just by the Democratic administration. I was censored by the Trump administration. I was the first person censored by, the, as the chairman pointed out, by the Biden administration two days after it came into office. It ordered a truthful, and by the way, they had to invent a new word called malinformation. Dude, to censor people like me, there was no misinformation on my Instagram account. Everything I put on that account was cited and sourced. The peer-reviewed publications or government databases, nobody has ever pointed to a single piece of misinformation that I published. I was removed for something they called malinformation. Malinformation is information that is true, but is inconvenient to the government. <laughs> yes, yes, that is. That's accurate. Malinformation, information that we don't like because it hurts us in some way, shape or form. Again, I'm not saying that everything uh, that uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. says is something that I think uh, can be uh, demonstrated to be uh, proven true. Uh, a lot of it is theory, uh, theory that may or may not one day be demonstrated to be accurate. Uh, but in the same time and with him saying that he sourced and cited a lot of the things he put up on social media, uh, it is a, a harder discussion, say, for someone to have. And it is very interesting, by the way. I'll just say it this way and then I'll move on because uh, it's not a topic I intend to talk about a lot today. It's interesting that Democrats are the ones going after Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is trying to run as a presidential candidate on the Democratic side and gaining much more support than people thought he would from Democratic voters. Uh, not the way in which, say, conservative outlets have been discussing him, uh, but what the polls say about his success, his ability to at least gain some traction in a place where they want no traction to be gained uh, by anybody. I do want to play a little bit of audio from uh, the former president, from President Trump, uh, talking about how making Ukraine a NATO country would be bad. I actually easily agree with him on this, maybe not the way in which he says it per se, but just in general, 
I do think that it would be sort of insane right now as there is conflict going on between Russia and Ukraine. So they're they're at war uh, to try to make Ukraine a NATO country because it would force a conflict between NATO and Russia. Uh, by do- it wouldn't just immediately snap fingers and stop things. I don't think that's how Putin operates. So anyone who's adv- – and I, honestly, I don't even think Biden and the administration right now are truly advocating for this. But anyone who says this is a smart move, I don't think fully understands the way in which there would suddenly be a significant um, a chance of war uh, between NATO and Russia, which then means since China is helping Russia – that we could very quickly get into a place. And a lot of people would think that NATO countries caused it by allowing Ukraine to become a NATO country now. But here's what Trump said. And we have a corrupt, compromised president, crooked Joe Biden, who is dragging us into World War III. And that's what's happening on behalf of a nation that paid his family millions and millions of dollars in obvious bribes. All you have to do is take a look at how much China, how much Ukraine have paid the Biden family. It's a total disgrace and a very dangerous one. Under these circumstances, the notion that we would even consider admitting Ukraine into NATO at this time is completely unhinged. Joe Biden can't even walk up a flight of stairs on Air Force (laughs) One, and he can't put two sentences together. Uh, It's weird that uh, Trump takes the chat, too, a little bit, because I think he had uh, issues sometimes with stairs. Not a lot of them. I'm not trying to. I know people just got mad at me who love the former president. Uh, But it's a funny shot, uh, but an interesting one. Uh, But I do think that if you're uh, trying to go uh, political scoring a road here, and say that the reason you can't join NATO or the reason Biden can't advocate for it is the compromised uh, business dealings of Hunter Biden. I don't think you need to even even go that road. I think that most Americans should be convincible uh, that this is a bad approach because of what it definitely triggers. Uh, NATO countries defend themselves, attack one, attack them all. Uh, so making Ukraine a NATO country causes an immediate need for a conflict that the United States says it doesn't want. We don't want boots in the ground. We don't want to... Uh, be at war with Russia. We don't want any of that. Uh, we don't want boots on the ground defending Ukraine. Uh, we want to give them the ability to defend themselves. And I've talked before, and I won't do it again beyond just saying it, uh, that there should also be a clear objective that is agreed to by those funding the um, defense of the country and those fighting it. Uh, and there's not one of those. All right, one last thing I want to play. I do like these. Uh, Tom Elliott on Twitter uh, puts up these supercuts. Uh, This is the most recent, newest supercut. It's all the times that President Biden has said he does not talk to his son about his son's work. Uh, That is something that has easily been disproven now uh, based on some of the communications and other things that are coming forward via these whistleblowers. Uh, So not talking about his work, impossible. Uh, Here we go. First of all, I, I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else Anything having to do with their businesses, period. How many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business Yes, I stand by that statement. No, I don't discuss business with my son. I'm talking I've about never it. discussed a single thing with my son about anything having to do with Ukraine. No one has indicated I have. We've always kept everything separate. And I don't talk about any of this stuff. I don't even know what my son is up to. I don't even ask him how his weekend is. I've never done it. I won't do it. I don't care about it. It makes it makes no sense. But I could keep playing the cut, but you get it. Um, uh, for the son of the president 
to when he was the vice president, fly on Air Force Two with him, was weird enough. Uh, but now the fact that he goes to state dinners and other things um, is even stranger considering all the objections, all the investigations, all the demonstrations uh, that Hunter Biden is certainly uh, politically minded or interested in financial gain uh, using his father. My favorite one out of all of this, and I don't mean to throw it out there uh, if it's not any more on the forefront of the news, is the whole threat uh, via WhatsApp that Hunter Biden sent to a Chinese businessman slash potentially government guy um, saying that if you don't do stuff, my father's going to make your your life a nightmare. Uh, no one on the Democratic side is denying that Hunter sent that or that's a real message. The biggest defense is it wasn't true that Hunter was making a threat uh, that the former vice president, now president of the country, would not have done anything with, wouldn't have been involved in. Uh, but it certainly demonstrates that Hunter not only makes deals, but makes deals utilizing the um, political positions of pop. And then you have whistleblowers come forward and say that there's stuff we weren't allowed to investigate that would have led us in certain directions. And we were told no multiple times. And then you get crickets from people who don't want to hear, even just hear more. I'm not saying that they're the proof is out there to the point where you should, you know, remove, excuse me, remove Biden from office. I know some people would say that, but the fact that you don't even want more information is is shocking. All right, quick break. A lot more coming up on the show. Uh, 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. I'll just ask you a simple question, and I'll get to this story after the break. If you bought a house and you were exploring the parts of the house that maybe you didn't see during the tour, and you found yourself a basement jail cell. How would you react to that? I have more information than someone who went through it. Coming up next. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. I mentioned this before uh, the start of the show in the warming up in the bullpen segment on the air. Uh, United Airlines pilots say that they're turning down promotions, promotions to become captains, because the schedule becomes hectic and terrible, and they don't want to do it. It's the first time that I've ever known it happened in the airline industry. Uh, says one of the leaders of United Airlines. Uh, It is going to impact capacity in the fourth quarter. Uh, We're going to be struggling. Uh, United uh, bids for 978 captain vacancies, or about 50% of the vacancies posted. Uh, They've gone unfilled in the past year. I wonder if any part of this, and this doesn't mean to be forcing politics into uh, what some people might feel is a a apolitical discussion. Uh, I wonder if any of this is because Airlines was one of the only places uh, that fired a whole lot of people and fired them because of... uh, lack of willingness to take the vaccine. Uh, We didn't see that in as many places, uh, but that industry, we definitely saw it. And maybe that's where their struggle is now uh, for some that don't want promotions, don't want to grow in the ranks. I don't necessarily want to uh, wind up giving up more of their free time uh, if their schedule becomes less predictable, because maybe they they don't feel as protected as, say, workers at other companies. I don't know. I'm imagining a lot of the people who still work at those airlines got the vaccines because otherwise they would have lost their jobs. So I'm not necessarily saying that these are people that ideologically feel a certain way, but maybe it's more of a, a distrust thing as, as well. And just because there's such a, a lack of people in the field as far as pilots in general go. Uh, that you hear horror story after horror story. That's probably not a good word for it. That's that's an exaggeration. But difficult story after difficult story of the workload of uh, people who are uh, flying those planes uh, from one place to the other, and you don't want them as sleepy as it sounds like they are. All right, I saw this story on social media. Uh, a woman bought a house from the 1920s in Florida. She, saw, she bought it sight unseen, which is sort of nuts. They gave her a virtual tour of it, but didn't show up. It was at an auction, paid $60,000 for the house, uh, not a bad look, I guess, for her. Uh, not a lot to, to fix. 
And then when she's finally at the house, her name is Mallory, and she's walking around. She goes to the basement, and then behind a certain door, she finds what is actually a basement prison uh, where it has bars and all this stuff. And she said she finds that very, very creepy. Uh, the standout to the home is figuring out what to do with the small jail cell uh, in the basement of the house. That is terrifying. I don't mean to joke about something that might actually have a very negative, uh, although unknown, uh, history to it here. But I think the right move as far as someone who, dis- who discovers it uh, later after buying the house at auction is to rip it out. I don't think anyone that would come over to buy the house from you if you're trying to do a flip it kind of thing here uh, would want to be shown the benefit of uh, the jail cell in the basement, that seems bad. That seems real wrong. That seems real scary. Uh, some of the properties in the area have been listed for quite a bit more uh, than the $60,000 she has for her house. Uh, so, again, um, it's great you went viral on social media. It's great you, you sound like said you were horrified to find a thing. Uh, now is the right time to remove it and probably not discuss it anymore in any way whatsoever. All right. Some other stuff out there I saw. I thought this was interesting. It's not as light as um, the sillier topics I like to talk about uh, toward the end of an hour, Um, but it is certainly not political, anything like that. I made my kid a social media star, and now I regret it, is what one woman said on social media. Uh, Her name is Katrina. Uh, She said that she had kids that wound up being pretty popular. Uh, I don't want to give out the social media page because she didn't want to give it out. She has a daughter who's four and a son who's three. Uh, They became so popular, in fact, Uh, Much like um, some that I've even talked about, Uh, there was a kid that was a chef uh, that I talked about during the pandemic, Chef Kobe, who was adorable. Uh, He would make things with his mom, and it was awesome. They have merchandise now. It's crazy. Uh, But she says she she regrets it because uh, the attention on her family and how it doesn't just magically go away, Uh, that you get 10 million followers or something uh, for some of these pages for your kids. And as they grow up, uh, they might not be as happy about their fame as say you were when they were babies and couldn't say more about it. And now it's a thing where people actually still care what they're doing, what they're up to. And so her cautionary tale, and I think there's actually a book coming out, is that you shouldn't go ahead and try uh, to make your kids as popular as possible, like pets or anything else on social media uh, that people might do, uh, because the living, breathing human uh, eventually is going to have to deal with the, um, the version of being famous after the fact, and it's weird. Uh, but I, I, did, I never really thought about that before. As a guy that doesn't have kids, uh, and my wife loves to share, like, baby videos and other things with me, uh, that there's a unique negative side effect, even just a video that goes viral of, say, your kid doing something silly. If it goes viral enough, uh, there might be people that would have interest years down the line and whatever happened to that kid. And as this mom says, her kid's not a fan of those things. Uh, quick break, a lot more. 1470s and AM, 100.3 is an FM, all over the internet, WMBDradio.com and the WMBD radio app. Uh, you can text the show, 309 340 4464 is the number to text, 309 340 4464. Weigh in on anything I'm talking about or stuff that I'm not talking about, including Mark, who sent me a text a while ago uh, talking about how he used to be spent, sent to school with spam in his sack lunch every day. And, quote, Mark will never eat it again until the coming apocalypse because of how often he had it. Uh, Stuff like that is great. Send me more of those. Will's got your news. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. The Jason Aldean song, uh, Try That in a Small Town, uh, keeps getting a whole lot of coverage. Uh, The View even talked about it. I'll play uh, one of the hosts uh, on The View, uh, Sonny Hostin. 
uh, talking about this a little bit. Everybody had a take, though. I could play a take from pretty much anyone on The View and how horrible and terrible uh, the song is and the things in the song and how it's the most uh, racist or whatever else uh, any song's ever been. Uh, It's interesting, though. um, Sonny makes a specific mention of a hometown. And then, well, if you look up some information about it, it's not the way she described. And unfortunately, this became the number one song on U.S. iTunes. We have a problem in this country about race, and the biggest problem is we refuse to admit that it exists. Well, don't you think well, that a lot, the of the, a lot of this big city, it, small yeah. town businesses racist is about race? The cities have yes, more black people it. than the small well, towns. Of course and, it, and, Okay, all right. It's not actually mentioned in that little clip, um, but she says uh, that would be a joy that the cities uh, do not have uh, as many, or excuse me, the small towns don't have as many uh, people uh, as the big cities do that would be the most potentially offended by this. Uh, Macon, Illinois, which is Jason Aldean's hometown, 54% black, 39% white. That is going viral in response uh, to that video and a lot of how The View talked about it. I can dive in again to some of the lyrics in this. Uh, and I read some of them yesterday. I can play some of the, the audio. Um, but I got a lot of responses after I mentioned this yesterday on the show uh, from people that said, if you listen to other music, and there's a lot of music out there, you hear a lot of propping up of, of violence, of of all kinds of things. Um, uh, hip-hop, rap music is one of the things that was most mentioned uh, to me as sort of a response to it. Uh, but it's true that a whole lot of music has a whole lot of imagery uh, not just that kind of music, but even if you go like pop music and the amount of of sex stuff that exists in a lot of these things, there's a lot of imagery and a lot of music. Uh, so some of the things said in um, Try That in My Small Town, uh, which are um, uh, things that say if you do something, you'll uh, wind up uh, being held accountable by the people who live in the town, uh, is, uh, I guess, described as more um, um, threatening or, or whatever, especially by those who are so upset about it. But I, I, if you did compare lyrics, and I could pull up a bunch of other songs to do it with you on the show, maybe I'll do it uh, later on. Uh, there's a whole lot of songs that would be quote-unquote problematic if you're taking them word for word in whatever the worst way you possibly can is. And so I just think it's kind of fascinating that this is the first time in a long time uh, that we've heard so much backlash uh, by so many in a lot of the what is called legacy media places about a specific song. And yet we could we could go the road and find the stuff uh, to do this again. If we wanted to play, I guess, the whataboutism game, it uh, wouldn't be that hard. Uh, but more importantly than not, I don't actually think the intention of the song after listening to it and, and you know reading it is to say that we should go. Um, encourage people in small communities to beat the crap out of each other. I don't think that's actually the intent. I think the intent is very simplistic, and I don't mean to continue to oversay this, uh, that what happens in big cities doesn't happen in smaller towns because everybody knows each other because you're not as anonymous as you are in a bigger city. It's, it's not a race thing the way I see it or the way I hear it. It's more of a uh, we know everyone and we care more maybe about each other and so we're we're willing to um, say that uh, this sort of stuff would not be tolerated, mostly because um, we would be the ones to, to act uh, in some sort of way to, to stop. And honestly, you know, I could I could use a different comparison because uh, I heard from a couple listeners via text 309-340-4464 uh, who say that they've grown up in very, very small towns. And what they say would actually happen in a small town if someone from that area uh, was to do some of the stuff mentioned in the song, not all the stuff, because the, the stuff mentioned in the song uh, that people do in big cities gets pretty um, pretty intense. 
Uh, but some of the things, say more innocent, say you shoplifted in a smaller town and someone figured out about it. Uh, what this listener said to me, and they told me not to give their name, is that they would probably show up as a group to a door, uh, talk to people, say give the stuff back, uh, say don't do it again, uh, not necessarily do anything physical, take any action, uh, but demonstrate the, the knowledge that exists in a small town uh, about each other. Uh, so there's something that's a benefit. There's something that's, that's uh, pride and, and uh, value go into that, at least as the listener said, in knowing that they would care enough to do that if they had those issues uh, that you see in these bigger cities. If people are just walking into a, a Walgreens in a smaller community and just walking out with stuff, uh, the people within the, the town would eventually say, uh, this has to stop and we're all aware of it, as opposed to letting it be something that always uh, winds up getting figured out or not figured out. Uh, by by police officers. Police would be involved in that. But again, I, I imagine that that's true. I've never lived in a town quite that small, uh, but I've gone to uh, my wife's town in Mexico and see how everybody knows each other. I see that part of the couple thousand people uh, that live in the surrounding area where, Me where Betty was born. Uh, moving on, some other stuff I want to talk about, some other stuff I want to play. Uh, the New York um, uh, mayor, Eric Adams, has said that they're, they're full. They can't take anybody else uh, as far as um, people... Uh, that have crossed in this country illegally, immigrants, um, because they, they don't have anywhere to put anybody else. So they want this to stop, and they want it to stop now. Uh, unique for him to say this uh, compared to how long it's, being, it's been said uh, by border towns in Texas. Uh, when it becomes a bigger city problem, it winds up being on a bigger city microphone, and that apparently means something more to some. And so it is interesting for those who criticize uh, the moves of anyone that um, moved migrants uh, from the border to other places, because New York wasn't talking about this until that started happening. We stated several months ago that we have reached full capacity. And that full capacity was verbalized, and now New York is just going to be visually actualized. Uh, we're going to see how much of our cup has basically runneth over. We have no more room in the city. I ask you, and I guess this almost ties to the Jason Aldean thing, where he's talking about the difference between small towns and, and big cities. I ask you how anyone in the small towns on the border of uh, Texas uh, would feel about the fact that more media is reacting to the mayor of New York saying that we have a problem with illegal immigration uh, showing up in our city uh, than what they've been saying for years. Uh, again, I think that's all kind of tied somewhat together. All right, uh, let's move on. I'm going to uh, pivot a bit, and then we'll take a break. Uh, this is our vice president uh, saying that there's certain things being taught in Florida uh, that obviously uh, gains a reaction from the audience. Uh, what she's saying is not at all true. Uh, that part doesn't matter, though, because darn it, uh, when we shape somebody, uh, the uh, governor of Florida in Ron DeSantis, the uh, number two in the world of the um, uh, Republican race for president, or just in general, anything about going on there, uh, we don't care if we give accuracy to these statements. We care if we uh, get people to react emotionally, get people to be passionate and angry, and make sure that people continue to feel as though it's the fight of the good guys versus the bad guys. Here's what she said. And while they do this, check it out. They push forward revisionist history. Just yesterday in the state of Florida, they decided middle school students will be taught that enslaved people benefited from slavery. They insult us in an attempt to gaslight us, and we will not stand for it. Yes, I'm going to scream and I'm going to yell. And the thing I said would be horrible if that's something that anyone was teaching anywhere in the country, if not in Florida. And yet they're not. They're not teaching uh, that people benefited from slavery. 
Uh, there is a complex way, and I guess which you teach the, the history of our country, uh, which is taught, uh, by the way, in Florida, even though that's another a knock or another discussion there. Uh, but I just I think it's interesting. And this is something I know I talk about a lot on the show, uh, a lot with you, uh, 309-340-4464. If you want to uh, react and weigh in, you can text me, 309-340-4464. Uh, but for all the, the anger, all the reaction, all the versions of what is called Trump derangement syndrome of he says horrible, terrible things, and everybody that hates him can't envision him ever getting into office again, it seems as though at times you're not listening uh, to the inflamed rhetoric, if that's what you want to call it, that exists on the left, that exists quite often uh, to try to create those same passions uh, and anger uh, for anyone and everyone that's the political opponent of the Democrats. It's, it's a very similar uh, demonstration of I'm leading by telling you why emotionally uh, you need to react to what I'm saying and what's going on, not rationally, not intellectually, not with uh, the foresight or knowledge of everything uh, that I'm claiming is happening. Uh, but just in general, I want to I slim it down uh, to something that's not even true, uh, that I can demonstrate to you is a horrific problem uh, that makes you walk around then hating uh, not only uh, Governor DeSantis or people that live in Florida and voted for him, but anybody uh, who would say anything positive uh, about that candidate. That's the goal. That's the objective. That's what's being achieved uh, by saying something that is not true. Uh, Florida is not teaching uh, that people uh, that were uh, slaves benefited from slavery. Quick break, a lot more. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, would it be bad luck if you were at a golf tournament, if you're like, man, I'm going to play well this weekend, everything's going to be great, and on day one, uh, a bird decided to tell you they don't think anything of you. They they don't think you got a good chance to win this year. At least that's what I'm assuming. I assume the bird's a critic. Uh, there's some audio viral today of uh, um, a golfer having a unique day. And I do like the, the enjoyment. I've always said this about broadcasters, especially sports ones. When something human happens, when a dude runs onto a field, uh, when that guy got swallowed by the tarp the other day, I like those versions of broadcasters when they enjoy the moment as much as I assume some viewers do. So take it on. I think just right of the flag would be a very good shot. I don't know. No, it's yeah. <laughs> hey, folks. Uh, we yeah. apologize for that. A bird just. Uh, Hold on, that's good luck. A bird just dropped something on Victor Hovland. That's not great. That's not a great look. I would just go home for the weekend. I feel like at that point, you'd be like, I don't even care if I'm winning. If I'm up, I, I want to be done. Uh, but Dan, my buddy, is still in studio. Uh, we went golfing one time. Uh, you could speak about my we golf skills. We could call skills. it that. I don't know if that was what it was. <laughs> you could talk about my golf skills if you want. But if either one of us had a bird um, hit us with a unique present. Uh, would we have kept it's going? It's time to go. It's time to pack it in. <laughs> Good. That okay. is God raining down on you, yeah, saying that's a that's a it's tip. time to go. Yeah, that's a that's a thing you don't want. Uh, here, I, oh, let's do some other stuff. I have some other stories out there I like. Uh, this story is about a mom. Uh, I'm not a parent, so actually I have a few parenting stories, and we'll lean on you as a parent. Uh, she walks around her toddler, and her toddler doesn't want to wear, wear pants. So he just wears the diaper and walks around. She says she's getting a lot of criticism, both in her um, you know, uh, community and then also on social media. Uh, people are calling her a bad mom because she won't pants her son. Uh, what do you think of that situation? Do you think that she's in the wrong? Do you think that uh, people are in the wrong? He's got the diaper on, and he, he seems to be very happy about the life he is living. Uh, who's doing this how wrong? Old is, how old is he? Uh, f two. Two years old, it says in this story, yeah. 
I mean, are we too old? Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> too old for just the diaper? Too old for just the situation being out there in the world? Maybe a little under two. Maybe going to be too soon. I think. Uh, I don't think the exact age is given. Actually, uh, it's close to that though. Little baby looks like a little baby in the photo. I. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say no? I want to say no. Okay. Yeah, that she should put pants on the kid. Um, I, I love some version of this story. Because uh, when's it stop? Yeah. Oh, um, my mother said the mom is right. By the way, my mother who texted in the show said if kid doesn't want to wear pants, but he's got the diaper on and everything covered up. Uh, Mom is right. How dare you, sir? I think she, no, she didn't say how dare you, sir. Um, what I love about this is my little brother used to be called Naked Boy uh, in our family. When he was a little kid, he'd do the bath, the shower or something, and then he'd want to explore immediately. And so he'd run like a dog out of the front door, and then people would chase him. He hates this story to this day. He hates I cannot understand why. <laughs> but we would be outside. Like He'd get outside uh, as a little tiny kid, and then all of a sudden people would be like, ah, naked boy's outside, naked boy. <laughs> and we'd have to get him back, back in. That would be him. So uh, for that reason, I think I might – your na- neighbors have him on speed dial for yeah. the police. Yeah, they, they yeah. had us on speed dial uh, to go corral him. Uh, but he was he's very little. Like, he's, he's a baby. And, again, he hates the story. And I'm glad that I tell it on the radio from time to time. Uh, another thing I saw out there, I, I think this is kind of interesting. Uh, the Coors Field cat is retiring. I don't know if you're aware that there was a Coors Field cat. I was not aware okay. of that. For the last 10 years, the cat has lived in the stadium. Uh, but the cat said the 10 years is enough years to live in a stadium as a cat inside a baseball ballpark. So Smokey is done. Smokey is moving on to other things. Uh, an animal rescue um, for the Rockies is going to try to find a home for Smokey that's not um, the stadium itself. Uh, but I just love that this story went viral. And then people are saying, like, that's a nice run. That's a good run, 10 years uh, living in a baseball. Do you retire the cat's number? I, oh, for sure you do. You if put a cat... banner up, right? <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Since it doesn't have a number, yes. You put a banner up for Smokey uh, somewhere in the corner, and you just say, uh, the fluffy black cat will be missed. Uh, not that it's dying. It's fine. It just doesn't want to be there anymore. I don't know why you decide that, like, 10 years is too much. Has Smokey been getting on the field more recently? I've been annoying people more. Is there a challenge there that I don't know about? Uh, You can tell me if you know and text the show, 309-340-4464, 309-340-4464. But uh, I guess that's enough. And cats don't live much longer than 10 years, right? That's about the lifetime. Is it? Is a lot? Smokey seems to be in good health. I'm not hoping for anything bad. (laughs) I'm just saying that maybe maybe there's other reasons. Uh, I saw this story. I thought this was interesting. Uh, there was a viral photo. A lot of these are stupid or sillier things. Uh, there's a viral photo of a duck that's on a roller coaster, uh, a roller coaster that reached 93 miles per hour. Uh, this is at Cedar Point, uh, one of my favorite places to go in Ohio, although I haven't been in a while. And people are actually asking questions like, was this safe for the duck? Uh, was the duck in, in imminent danger? It seems the duck made this decision on its own. It doesn't seem that anyone took the duck. Why are we worried about <laughs> The safety of the duck. Yeah, they are. They're they're scared. He wanted to take the thrill. Mm-hmm. His life is needing some and he got, excitement, and he got the excitement. He got to jump the line. I don't think he made the duck wait in line for the two hours to get on the roller coaster. Uh, but there's even a spokesperson for the park saying it appears the duck may have flown into the ride vehicle at some point on its own. We did not condone someone taking well, a pet I'm duck. Well, I'm glad that they put that press release out. I was worried. <laughs> Do you think they had to debate it for a while? I'm like, sure they did. Yeah, in those in those situations where they're putting out the press release, the guys bumbling in front of the camera. Uh, I wonder if anybody that operates the ride is going to take duck sensitivity training of some <laughs> kind for a couple days or a week to make sure. Uh, but people were worried. They were concerned. And uh, the, by the way, the ride is one I've been on a bunch. Millennium Force is what it's called. 
I used to be like one of I the tallest. I threw up on that ride. Did you? Yes. It used to be one of the tallest and fastest rides, but now there's taller and faster ones. But 93 miles an hour is the top speed. And I think it has like a drop angle of almost 90 degrees. I remember that drop angle Do you, is very that, well. Is that when you yes. vomited? Yes. So, is that the only one that's ever made you that's sick? That's the only one. Okay. Uh, that's, that's sad. Uh, when's the last time you roller coastered? Last summer. Last, okay. Well, I took my son to uh, Great America. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say I took my son to Cedar Point no, and I got real sick. No, that was not the experience. <laughs> okay, right, this time was closing your eyes. That does help, I've heard. I say that I love roller coasters, and I did love them a lot, but I haven't been on one since I was in my 20s. It has been several years since I went to one. Is there going to be a different experience as a late 30s guy compared to a 20s guy? Or I no? think so. Okay, I don't want that. I don't want any part of that. Um, I think you should do a remote. I should. A whole remote at, 100%. at Sandusky? Yes. All right. And as I'm going through the rides at Cedar Point, see the level of illness that I have? That, that sounds great. That sounds like a win for uh, the audience, for the company, for everybody. Um, I used to love the spinny ride at the carnival that you just get suctioned to the wall. Oh, yeah. Remember that one? Yeah. They'd always call it like the torpedo or something or like the, I don't know, uh, the I tornado. I took a date on that. Did you? That was not a that good That was also idea. a bad idea. That seems that like a bad, bad idea. idea. That seems like a real bad idea. Uh, but no, I used to love that one a lot, and I never get sick as a little kid. So I, I think I'm immune, but I'm not sure. I also think I can't die on a motorcycle, uh, but that's a story for another day, right? <laughs> that's a conversation for a different day? Okay, all right, Dan is nodding yes. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Time for Betty's Word of the Day. My wife is teaching us Spanish one word at a time. Uh, Betty, how was your day-to-day work? Good, Craig. Pretty good? Oh, you missed my intro. Uh, I did. No, no, hold on. Hold on. You did. You asked for an intro. I have the intro all ready to go. Uh, let's do Betty's intro for Betty's segment of the day because you've asked for this now and this is now officially your music. This is so cool. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Si, senor is the name of the song, and I'm just playing the beginning of it. This is Betty's intro music for your segment every single day for Word of the Day now uh, by request from you. Uh, why that song? Oh, because I love that band. It's a band from, a, a, like, a, it's a hip-hop band from mm-hmm. Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they are from Me- uh, from Monterrey, specifically. Now, you asked me for the intro song. You didn't ask me where to play it. Did you want it from, like, the hook where they're singing, or did you just want the beginning I like the, the hook. It's, okay, it's so you wanted the, all right, fine. Yeah. Then I've already failed. Uh, yeah. I'll do this tomorrow. I'll do the song correctly <laughs> next day. <laughs> I'm looking at Dan. That's fine. It's fine. I should have asked extra you, questions. Craig. All right, so uh, we're going to do some stuff, and then you're going to give us the word of the day. Uh, the first thing I want to do with you, though, is a viral post on BuzzFeed that's all over uh, social media now, too. It's the 15 things that women find confusing about men. Are you ready for the 15 things? You seem to be smiling a lot. Number one on this list, I feel like it's already going to go a bad road for me. Why do men take so long when they poop is the first question out there. Why are men in the bathroom longer than women? Do you feel like that's something that confuses you? My first, uh, my first answer is going to be because they spend so much time on the phone. On the phone, and they're not actually going to the bathroom. Yes. That's your suspicion. Yes. But do you wonder this? Are you curious? Have you ever said this to me before? Uh, why did I take so long in the yes. bathroom? Yeah, you have, yes. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to gotta wait. I feel like it's a waiting game. Yeah, okay? yeah. You, right. you always say, it was like, I got I to take my time. Yeah, right? you gotta, it's, a, it's a very relaxing process. Yes. You don't want to rush that. If you rush that in life, <laughs> oh, you're rushing too many God. things. Yes. All right, fine. Maybe we won't answer all the questions, but we'll throw them out there. Uh, another one. Uh, this is what a woman said. I've learned a lot being married to my husband, but there's one thing I fail to understand since the day we were married. Why do you guys like to stare out the window so often? It's usually just to look uh, out for something in the front door or somewhere, and then you come back about your day. I don't do this. No, that, I don't you don't stare out the do window, that. No. But I do stare into the fridge. 
and this drives you crazy, yes. right? Yes, that, you open the, the – I look into the stuff in the yes. fridge, and then I close the fridge, and I don't take anything out. Yes, you open the fridge like a lot of times in the <laughs> afternoon after you arrive from home. Right. And I, I don't I'm, understand why. Because the, the, the funny part is like you don't take anything from nope. the fridge. Mm-hmm. You just open it and close yeah. it, open it and close but it. But I've explained this to you before. You know what I've said to you before. I'm yeah. thinking about a snack. I don't want to do a snack because I just got home. We probably ate dinner. But I'm thinking about one, and so I'm trying to convince myself. So you myself. get feed by the action of just like yeah. opening well, no. and closing. No, because I eventually, I eventually do get the snack. But I, I just feel like <laughs> it's sort of like you know not rushing the restroom trip. You don't want to rush the snack decision. You just want to look and consider your options. Yes. Okay, yes. but this drives you crazy. Yeah, yeah. And you always go, are you hungry? Do you want yeah. something else? You know, like I feel like I'm the queen of the, my kitchen. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> the first time you've said it. Especially when I'm cooking. Yes. And, uh, and when I'm cooking and you are opening the fridge for so like a lot of times, yeah. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? We Just, did talk about that the other day. Yes. Um, I wouldn't call you the queen of the kitchen, but I definitely have a lower role when you're cooking. Like I'm definitely not. You're the boss and I'm not in those moments for sure. I don't know what I've been demoted to. But the entire time you're cooking in the you kitchen. You help me a lot. I do. Yes. But I'm also told what to do. And if I do it, <laughs> I have to do it wrong, I'm in trouble at times. Uh, other things out there, uh, what happens uh, to parts of my body when I run? Uh, that's a question that women ask or when we ride a bike. I'm not going to make you answer that question. I'm not going to ask if you're curious about it. Uh, you're nodding your head no. Do you even understand the question? No. Because you're a very sweet woman, and that's good. Okay. That's all that matters. All there. right. That's fine. Okay. It's better like that, I guess. <laughs> I think so. (laughs) Uh, Men can be completely oblivious to a mess in a house. This is what one woman said. She goes, I can spot something 20 feet away. My husband can be standing on top of a pile of clothes and ask me, where do you want me to pick stuff up in the house? Is this true? Do you wonder this about me too? Yes. Okay. Uh, I I guess I'm not the only person who's... Who's blind to this stuff as far as guys go? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. this also drives you crazy a lot. Yeah. So, so far, you're totally aligned with the ladies on all these things. Yes, I think so. And you don't, oh, feel, like, you don't feel like you have any of the answers. Uh, the, the whole time we've been married, I haven't provided you any insight into any of this no, stuff. No, you actually – well, you, you, you told me, like, probably uh, when you talk about the clothing, like, you leave clothes everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the way that you go because you have ADD. Yes. And, uh, so well, I, don't leave them, I feel like I don't leave them everywhere. I feel like they're contained messiness. Yes. There's like two spots in our house. Yes. And, and you tell me all the time, well, you clean, you organize my mess. <laughs> then I'm lost because I don't hey, know yeah. where, <laughs> right. well, where everything is. Hold on. Okay. Let's let the texters decide uh, this one. I have one more and then we'll move on to other stuff. Uh, but 309-340-4464 is the phone number. 309-340-4464. I have a system. If the clothes that I want to wear again in some way, shape, or form, but I'm not, I guess, caring if they get a little wrinkly because I put them on the floor, end up on the floor. They're in the floor in my closet. We both have our own closet in the bedroom. So I put them into the closet, and those ones that are on the floor there are to be worn again. That's like a, a, a gym short if I didn't get that sweaty or something. Yeah. These are the kind of examples. Yes. Then there's stuff that's outside of that closet to the side, which is supposed to be where a clothes pile is. They don't all get in the bin, but they're all close to the bin. Those are dirty ones. <laughs> yeah. Now, very often, you just take them all downstairs yes. and, and do laundry, yeah. and so you don't care about the system. Well, I, yes, I totally – well, when I, <laughs> when I do uh, laundry, uh-huh. I just grab everything that right. is on my way, yeah. and if I glean a little bit, mm-hmm. you're like – 
inside space, the space right. inside. Yeah. Then you take them. I, I take them. Right. And then you also tell me that I wash my pants too often, yes. that I should wash my jeans less often. But the ones I put in the in the closet, you also wash. <laughs> oh, yeah. is, is this uh, So texters, tell me who's right, who's wrong. Help us out here. And if you say that Betty's wrong, I'm probably not going to tell her. 309-340-4464. <laughs> all, right. all right. One last one. And I feel like this is one you've said before, too, but there's a bunch of them all over the Internet viral today. Why do men have prettier and longer eyelashes than women do? That's is, true. I do not understand that part. I don't know why you tell me that all the time. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I don't think it's true. It but, is true. Okay. You, well, look, you look at me and you say things about my eyelashes. Yes. Okay. And like, uh, it is pretty common for Dan. Like, for, uh, Dan is here. Dan, friend also, of the show. Yep. He's also has like a curly eye, eyelashes. Wow, Dan, you my too? wife is now telling you your eyelashes are nice. I don't know how I feel about this. Dan, Dan, <laughs> friend of the show. This got really awkward really quick. <laughs> don't say anything about this compliment if she gives it to you. But we do. It's a compliment. Men yes. have nice eyelashes. Yeah, my All brother. Right. I, I, I remember growing up asking my mom, was like, why? Why my brother has, has like a curly eye eyelashes mm-hmm. and we the women we we can don't. I tell people how you make your eyelashes? Sure, in the morning, what go you do? for it. You use a spoon yes. and a spoon that you keep frozen in the freezer of our house. You Sometimes. take it out. You take it out and you use a frozen spoon to curl your eyelashes. Yes, I do. Why do I you do? do if we're doing a guys are confused with women thing, that's one for me. Why? Yes. Why are you? Why do you do that? Well, because uh, it's, it's way easier for me to. To curl my my eyelashes with a with spoon, spoon than any of that other the, stuff. Any anything gotcha. else, and also like I don't I don't get the the eyelash um, mm-hmm. like the the ones that you find on the you don't grocery like store. Stuff. Yeah, you don't like it. And you put it with glue. The fake them, ones. The you don't glue. like the fake ones. Yes. You know? Yeah. I, I I don't. I got gotcha. you. Uh, by the way, people are saying they really love your intro music. Uh, you should keep using it, guys. I got that <laughs> wrong. Uh, for people texting in, I've oh, got to do it better thank next you. time. Uh, one last thing. You know what? I have one other piece of audio uh, for you that I'll play. Uh, and then we'll uh, get to your word of the day. Uh, this is a 97-year-old woman. I was going to use this as my good story, bad story later in the show, but I want to share it with you. Uh, she's in Massachusetts. She loves mowing the lawn. She's a big fan of mowing the lawn. Uh, her name is Marie. Uh, she was gifted a ride-on John Deere. Um, I'm not sure if they have enough lawn for a ride-on lawnmower, but at 97, she certainly deserves one. I don't know if this is going to help convince you. I want a ride on lawnmower. I've told you about that. You said our house is ridiculously small for one yes, of those. Yes, And I'll look insane, but I think I'll yes. look awesome. We, have, <laughs> we, probably, we probably also don't have the money to buy one, so we're yeah, not going to be no, doing it anytime no. soon. But I just I just throw it out there. I just say yeah. it occasionally. Uh, all right, here we go. I'm on that tractor every day, whether the grass needs cutting or not. I go around and check, and when I see it, I cut it. The yard keeps me busy. I don't like to do housework. I had a push mower, but I was a younger girl. I could push that, but now forget it. I've always owned the John Deere. I like the John Deere's. So what's sad about this, and the reason I wanted to play this audio for you, Betty, is I have neglected um, mowing our lawn in our backyard uh, more than you'd like. I let it grow a little bit longer. Uh, yes. What do you call it? You call it a jungle in the backyard yes, sometimes? Yes, we have sometimes and this a woman jungle has in been, the back. This woman has been mowing her lawn with a push mower up until 97 years old and now finally has a John Deere ride-on mower. I'm in my 30s, and I've said that it might be cool. But does that convince you? Do you think we should get one? No, I don't think okay. so. <laughs> do I think she will deserve She Oh, yeah. She yes, deserves it. Yes, yes. absolutely. Me, yeah. not so much. No, no. You're okay. still super young. I'm still you super can young. Like, we went with scissors. So, okay. So. <laughs> I love that. Uh, what's the Spanish word of the day, Betty? Uh, actually, uh, when I was like sending you the link for this uh, band, for the mm-hmm. intro, mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought about this word, and the word of the day is uh, tecladista. Okay, the word of the day is tecladista.
Did I get it right? Yes. Okay. Say it again. Tecladista. Tecladista. What does it mean? Uh, it means a keyboard player. A keyboard player. Okay. Yes. You like the keyboard player in this band? Yeah, the keyboard player, actually, he was uh, the one who became with the idea of the band. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so he's the main, the main guy. Is any of this music, is any of the lyrics in this dirty? Are any of them bad no, words? No, actually, the lyrics of that song, uh, it's, right. it's related with uh, people like who works in uh, the farm. Okay, I'm just going to take a, a chance here and play a little bit more of the song because I played the wrong moment before. I don't know what's about to play, but none of the lyrics are bad. No, right? We're not going to, okay, okay. Si, señor. I think I like the fact that a dog barks in the background of this song. I don't know why. That's my favorite part about it, Betty. Uh, but that's your song now, Si Señor. Si Señor. Si Señor. Okay, all the stuff they said are not Betty's Spanish word of the day, but none of them were actually also inappropriate. No, they are okay, not okay, inappropriate. Okay, thank you. I yeah. like that a lot. All right, Si Señor. Why Si Señor? Uh, that makes it sound like you listen when men tell you stuff. No. Uh, and it I, is... can, I can vouch that that's not true all the time. <laughs> that guy's... Si Señor is yes or... So, I know, I know what it means. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you say "si señor" a lot to this guy, to the husband? Uh, no. So, no, you don't. <laughs> no. no, you don't. No. You say "silly señor." Yeah, a lot silly to this, señor. Yeah, okay. All right, yeah. Good. All right. Quick break. A lot more. <laughs> uh, people have texted the show before, telling me that I sound very, very whipped, and uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. I accept that. Uh, quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. My wife's very nice about it. The power she wields over me. Uh, 1470, 100.3 WMBD. More in a bit. 1470, 100.3, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. The amount of text I got from guys who said that they agreed with a lot of the things on the list that women don't understand about men, including the amount of dudes who say they spend extra time in the restroom, depending on what activity uh, you went into the restroom to do, is, is awesome. I feel very much not alone now. 309-340-4464 is the phone number to text. 309-340-4464. Uh, one of the texters uh, is great. He gave me two reasons. Uh, that he takes a little bit longer in the restroom in certain situations. You don't want to force anything. You don't want to blow anything out. As the first part of what he said. And then it's the only alone time he gets. It's the only time he can find to himself. Uh, sounds like you got a few people in that family. So I I've heard that before, too. Uh, that's not a situation for me. Uh, the missus and I are the only people in the house. So uh, fine. Totally fine. All right. Some other things out there that I thought were interesting. A doctor gave the five habits for how you're ruining sleep. Uh, how you're not getting to sleep as much as you should. Uh, if you eat late at night, you're chowing down uh, before going to bed. That's bad. If you're chugging water before bed, apparently that's bad because uh, you're going to pop up a lot and have to go to the bathroom a lot. Uh, your bed is too warm is another one that's on this list. Uh, you're drinking too much alcohol, not just water, but uh, alcohol, too bad move. Or you're consuming caffeine late at night. Many of these tips you didn't need. Uh, many of these things you understood yourself. The bed being too warm thing I, I do think is interesting. Um, now that my wife has left the room, I feel like it's worse to say it here, uh, but she likes the, the house warmer than I do. And I, I accept the world I live in and I figure out the world I live in. Uh, but sometimes the, the heat gets to you. Uh, and apparently there's an increase in certain things, uh, especially if it's colder at night, you might have more melatonin being naturally created in the body and that might help you to fall asleep uh, faster and cooler. And I've bought like the cool pillow. I've bought all the things I'm supposed to buy. By the way, I know I say that word wrong. For anyone who just knee-jerk reacted uh, to their radio when I said uh, pillow with an A in it instead of an I, it's an, it's an East Coast thing. Please don't text me. Now, actually, you know what? Real quick, I'll bring this up. I didn't bring it up before. I got a very sweet text from a woman. I think it was 
maybe last week, if not earlier this week, uh, that said that she really, really dislikes uh, something that I say on the radio every single day because she says that I'm mispronouncing a word I shouldn't be mispronouncing. And the reason she uh, wondered why I was mispronouncing the word is because I didn't know that there was a, a better word. And I'll tell you what it is, and I'm outing myself for another one. Sometimes when I say two people are competing in something, uh, like two politicians are going at it or anybody else, I say verse instead of verses. And I was told that, that makes me real silly, uh, real. And she was very nice about it. The woman was very sweet, uh, real dumb. That's a thing from when I was a kid. Uh, that's that's a thing that apparently was also on the East Coast enough that they wrote about it in like the New York Times in the 80s uh, about how kids were saying verse now instead of verses. I know the, the real word. I don't know why you say the other word. And I've promised her I will try to stop. Uh, but I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, now I'm pre-explaining these uh, to you, uh, listener, if you're the one who would text me about the, the pillow. And I know you're being nice about it. I just wanted to make sure I was out there in front of it. I, I've been brainwashed by my East Coast upbringing, and I apologize for it so much. Uh, other things out there that I like, and I'll put this photo up on, on social media, on Facebook. Uh, there's an optical illusion uh, that looks like one of two images. I don't want to tell you what the two images are. Because uh, if I put it up on social media and you see it, I want you to tell me which one you see first. Uh, but it's making the rounds because it says something about you. If you spot the image that's more um, in an item or something that you'd encounter out in the world than something that's a part of a human, and then I'll be a little more specific in a second, uh, then you're likely to be a super likable person who gets along with a lot of people. Uh, but you have a dark side, apparently. You have a side that you don't show to a lot of people. If you see the thing that looks like a part of a human face, uh, then you're more likely to be a sensitive and emotional person uh, who uh, might be a little bit quieter, uh, see the evils in society is the description. Uh, you will concede small things, though, and not be a pushover about big things uh, because you know what's important in life. Uh, lastly, you also hate two-faced people. Uh, when I saw the image, I saw the second thing the thing that looks like it's part of a face. Uh, so I guess that's the description of me. I get over small stuff. I'm not a pushover for bigger stuff. And also I don't like two-faced people. I don't like politicians very much. So that felt like that was very connected uh, to the idea of not liking people who say one thing to your face and a very, very different thing behind your back. But I feel like a lot of people are that way. So it's sort of a, a, a silly, a viral thing. And again, I probably should just describe better what the image is, uh, but I'll put it up, facebook.com. Uh, slash Craig Collins show in a few minutes. Uh, you can look at it yourself and tell me which image you see first. And it means one of those two things. You're a likable person who gets along well with others, but you hide some stuff. Or you're maybe a person who's quieter and not as outgoing, and yet you really don't like people who hide stuff. So either or, I guess we're combating against each other in the world of the viral photo. Um, I saw this as a genius hack on social media that I'll recommend to people. And anyone that thinks I'm talking about too many uh, lighter or sillier things, I promise after 5 o'clock we'll do the top five at 5. We'll get to the, the bigger things of the day, including RFK Jr. testimony in front of Congress. Um, but here's, here's the hack. And I guess it comes from a, an Internet personality out of Lombard, Illinois. Uh, whenever you order French fries, ask for an extra a soda cup, ask for an extra drink cup, and pour the fries into the cup. And it makes it easier to eat the fries while in the car without the fry box. This is a hack. This is a genius tip. And it's the best thing I've read in a while as far as consuming food uh, that you buy via fast food. Uh, because it does sound like it would work great. And I've never thought of it before. I don't know if Dan, my buddy, still in studio, has ever contemplated this. I know you're on the road a lot. Do you care? Does I need a big gulp, though. <laughs> a you, giant cup? Of yeah, that? you're going to okay. need to, Yeah. 
huge. But then cup. it's not going to fit in the little cup holder in the car. That's and then true. the benefit is completely lost. Does this sound as genius to you as it sounds to me? It does Where because I've it? had a bad experience with those fries going between the center council and, and the then, seat, and then being gone forever and forever. Yeah, they and then are, they become gone. you know fossils. What's the as a guy who drives a lot? I just have a random question for you now, and then we'll throw it to Will in a second. What's the most challenging food you've eaten in the car? Can you answer this question? Because I can answer it for me. I ate barbecue. <laughs> What? No, you didn't. I did. How horrible did the steering it, wheel? It, it was. Uh, it was, was bad. Was did you did you go to some sort of you know uh, car wash and just spend a day there trying to clean it out? I had wet wipes. Why did you do that? I was trying. I was in Texas and gotcha. oh, I had yeah. to, I had to hit barbecue before I went to the airport. Yeah, that makes sense. And so, were you in a rental car? I was in a rental car <laughs> and luckily used a lot of newspaper. Ah, uh, no, you didn't. You didn't clean it enough. I'm sure that whatever you did wasn't enough. That's a, I, I asked a, for a bib. They didn't have a bib. Yeah. So I made so my own bib out of. You figured it out. Yeah. And you destroyed that rental car. That sounds terrible. Um, I, I ate a burrito one time in a car, and a burrito is a tricky item because the first half is fine. It's the second half that's the problem, and I never want to be in any sort of like road incident where I'm trying to blame a burrito for my problems. Uh, but that's well, actually, no, that's not true. Anybody who's listened to this radio station for a long time, uh, this is a while ago that I did this, knows that one time when I filled in on the Greg and Dan show, I worked a shift for Dan Diorio with Greg Batten. I ate cereal in the car with milk in it on the way to work. It did happen. I'm not proud of it. I remember it was a whole thing. Uh, that was ch- – but I didn't spill any uh, in either situation. So I, I feel proud of myself, and Dan doesn't care. Uh, that's where we're at right now. All right, quick break, a lot more. The Top 5 at 5 coming up in a bit. Uh, Will's got the news. 1470 is an AM, 100.3 is an FM, and all over the Internet, WMBDradio.com. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. It's time for the Top 5 at 5. These are the five biggest news stories, according to just me, in no particular order. It's time for the Top 5 at 5 on the Craig Collins Show. Thanks, sir. All right, let's go through this. Uh, These are, as I said, uh, the stories that I think are most important today. I do think it's interesting. This is just a a quickie. Let's not even call this a top five at five yet. It's a bonus, and I'm doing the bonus first. I do think it's interesting how most media is not discussing the IRS whistleblowers that appeared yesterday uh, because they seem valuable. And one of the two of them uh, who said that he uh, has heard he's a more credible uh, whistleblower than his boss, that he says is as credible as he is, uh, he's heard that because he's a Democrat uh, who's married to another man. So he's uh, gay, LGBTQ. He talked about wanting to be a role model for LGBTQ. All these things are reasons he said people would probably listen to him more or already have and reasons why he was afraid uh, to come forward and was called Agent X for a bit. But it's not a top story in a lot of places. Uh, RFK Jr. testimony in front of Congress is. Uh, I'll hold off on that till the end. I do think it's interesting. Our president bragged about wind sail, uh, the first offshore wind sail in the Gulf of Mexico is the way he described it. Uh, It's kind of weird to hear him articulate it uh, that way, and it amuses me. Uh, Is he technically selling land where uh, wind rights uh, are for sale uh, from the United States to other countries? Uh, Yes, and the amount of power being uh, provided by uh, wind energy is I guess I'm told somewhat significant in the area. It's just interesting to hear him say that we made our first ever offshore wind sail. We sold the wind. We're happy about it. You should be happy about it. Everything's better. Uh, No one should be upset. Here we go. Today, we announced the first ever offshore wind sail (laughs) in the Gulf of Mexico. I think it's also the pause. I think, like, he's not sure. Like, I don't know if this is real. 
in the Gulf of Mexico. Hold on, hold on. Let me get back to the other part of it. We announced the first ever offshore wind sail. Uh, sail? Is that in real? The Gulf of Mexico. We're going to the Gulf. <laughs> think I'm kidding. <laughs> Ain't seen nothing yet. Okay, we ain't seen nothing yet. You think he's kidding? Uh, he didn't know if he was telling the truth there. Uh, but they did. They did sell um, wind energy, uh, essentially, or the rights to wind energy in a specific area in the Gulf, which I find uh, fun to hear him say it that way. Uh, other stuff out there in the in the world. Uh, Google is going to be testing the first AI that's able to write the news. Uh, it's going to write news articles. I don't know uh, who this would be for. Uh, they do list a bunch of different news organizations that work with Google on other stuff. I don't think the artificial intelligence is officially writing stories for them yet. The New York Times, The Washington Post, The Wall Street Journal, uh, a bunch of companies mentioned. The tool, known internally by the working title Genesis, uh, that's ominous, uh, can take in information, uh, details on current events, for example, and generate news copy. Uh, speaking on the condition of anonymity, uh, one of the people involved in the project said that it seems to be uh, pretty good at it, uh, pretty valuable uh, for companies to consider. Uh, one of the three people familiar with the project said that Google believes it will serve as a kind of personal assistant to journalists, not a replacement of journalists uh, throughout the uh, country, and you just pay for your access uh, to something that's essentially doing part of the job uh, for you. Nothing could go bad there where AI is writing our news for us. There's no way that any of those scenarios could end up being tricky or that programming would matter or that any of the things that were demonstrated by uh, ChatGPT or anyone else for potential biases will exist. No way. None of that. Although I'm sure uh, people would say, how is that different uh, than some of what we have now. If there is bias, it's not going to be more significant uh, than some of the uh, legacy media places you get uh, currently. So who knows? Maybe it'll wind up being better than I think it is, but it, it doesn't sound uh, on the surface to be a good thing. Uh, other things out there, uh, quickly moving through a top five at five, uh, the former president and the leading candidate on the Republican side of the aisle is reported to have until midnight tonight to decide if he wants to appear before a grand jury that is convened by special counsel Jack Smith to consider federal charges over the election subversion and incitement attack on Congress on the 6th of January 2021, according to the, the statement uh, here. Uh, late on Wednesday, citing two people familiar with the matter, The Guardian reported that prosecutors had assembled evidence to charge Trump with three different crimes. Uh, those crimes, and this is what's uh, being reported, it's not official, I don't know anything yet, uh, obstruction of an official proceeding, conspiracy to fraud the United States, and the unusual uh, statute that makes it unlawful to conspire to violate civil rights. Obstruction of an official uh, proceeding is punishable by 20 years in prison. Conspiracy to fraud the United States carries a maximum of five years in jail, and the civil rights charge is punishable by up to 10 years in prison. Uh, some are already saying in mainstream media, and I, I could play the audio. I heard Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins play some of it. Uh, but I don't know, uh, because it's, it's already reacting to a thing that hasn't truly occurred and that you still have a long way down the line. Uh, and Trump does get his day in court to defend himself. Uh, but they're saying this is now the most significant uh, legal challenge that the former president will face, uh, not the uh, handling of classified documents. So we will see. We will see if those things wind up being accurate and how um, Trump responds. I did talk about earlier this week, I think it was Nikki Haley, I think it was yesterday, who said that um, there's just too many of these things now. Uh, they're, they're piling up, and that means that Trump should move on and the party should find somebody else. And I don't think that's how the voters feel, especially not the uh, very strong contingent of conservative voters uh, who are 
passionate supporters of the former president. I think the stacking on of more cases, and I actually would blame more um, uh, Manhattan and New York in the first case and how much crap it was to a lot of people that a lot of charges in um, um, mislabeling or, or mis um, um, uh, handling, uh, not reporting correctly, certain business uh, finances uh, were felony charges. That seemed to be a jump that made no sense. And then, of course, everyone who says that the um, the classified documents charges are only being levied against Trump. And we have a bunch of people who've admitted now, including our current president, the former vice president, and of course, Hillary Clinton at one point, uh, mishandling classified documents and way more others. Those are just three examples of people who haven't all been held as accountable as Trump is. But this is this new one. And again, I don't necessarily agree that it's harming the former president. I think it's actually creating more support, not less for him, uh, because of the people who see it's like anything else. Actually, if things stack up, if you um, get one complaint about something and then two complaints then three, then five, eventually you start to wonder about the people complaining. And if all the things they're complaining about are true or if some of the stuff or a lot of the stuff they're complaining about isn't. It's it's simply human nature. I know it might be used as a way for uh, the left to say the right is out of touch. They're not listening. They're not paying attention. I don't I don't think that's true at all. And I do think the assumption of innocence is a thing that's been a little bit forgotten about in all this. But I'll move on. Uh, other top five at five. Uh, just a quick mention. Uh, the Sound of Freedom, uh, a movie that has uh, done surprisingly well, just cra- ca- crossed an even more significant milestone it hit $100 million at the box office. Uh, this is despite a lot of scrutiny. Uh, a lot of those who've written negative reviews of the movie uh, typically cite uh, conspiracy theory and things online uh, that are not actually in the movie. Uh, I said I didn't I haven't seen the movie, but I know even from reading some of those reviews that it's not in the movie. Uh, but that is the biggest reason that places like Variety and others have said you shouldn't go see this. It's bad. It's it's a QAnon thing, I think, is one thing that's been said a lot. Uh, but for the most part, it is the telling of a true story of uh, someone who was fighting uh, child trafficking. Um, so it's it's significant. It's tough. It's difficult. It's a lot of things, uh, victims of human trafficking. Uh, but as you, again, say all that, uh, what I found interesting before, and I'll say it again, uh, even though it doesn't seem to be harming the movie's ability uh, to get a lot of people to watch it, uh, is the fact that those who criticize it aren't actually criticizing things that are actually in the movie. And I don't know that we've seen a lot of that. That might sound silly to say it that way, but oftentimes when someone writes a review and says, uh, this is in this movie and it makes this movie bad or dangerous or whatever they they say about it, uh, what I think is interesting about those moments is that they're usually criticizing actual in-the-movie content, not the idea that something could prop up something else that's not presented at all uh, to the people who go to the theater, uh, but maybe people who um, are reading things or doing other things uh, to, to figure out or believe they're figuring out stuff uh, that's different. It's a weird it's a weird version of criticism. All right. One last thing. Top five at five. Uh, RFK Jr. Uh, appeared and spoke uh, to politicians about uh, being censured, about being told to shut up and all the things he's saying are bad and terrible. He's accused of being a racist. He was accused of being a lot of things. I'm not saying that I agree with everything that RFK Jr. says, uh, far from it in some ways. And, and I think it's interesting uh, that there are a lot of conservatives to say that he's um, a valuable voice uh, when they wouldn't actually vote for him in a true election because he is a Democrat and he does have Democratic uh, beliefs on things uh, that would not be aligned with 
uh, people voting on the side of the aisle that's not Democrat. But the thing that I thought was more powerful uh, in response to a lot of what was said to RFK Jr. is when he said he had been uh, censored before. I've been told he was spreading uh, disinformation, misinformation, all of that. And what he said, um, malinformation, a brand new term uh, that he'd never heard before, actually is, according to him. Here's a little bit of his testimony and his defense of himself. By the Democratic administration, I was censored by the Trump administration. I was the first person censored by, the, as the chairman pointed out, by the Biden administration two days after it came into office. It ordered a truthful, and by the way, they had to invent a new word called malinformation to, to, to censor people like me. There was no misinformation on my Instagram account. Everything I put on that account was cited and sourced to peer-reviewed publications or government databases. Nobody has ever pointed to a single piece of misinformation that I publish. I was removed for something they called malinformation. Malinformation is information that is true but is inconvenient to the government. True but inconvenient to the government is interesting. Two quick, two things, two quick things to react to that before I take a break. First, when social media first was created, I was in college uh, when Facebook rolled out. I never saw a world where someone would be sitting in front of Congress and saying um, everything I shared on my Instagram was true. How dare anybody say that the stuff I shared on Instagram was false? I never saw that world uh, being a place I would be in, and that's why he was censored. That's why any of that happened. And just the, the second thing about it, the thing I think is, is probably more significant to a lot of people, is the freedom of speech is sort of uh, easy to comprehend. It does usually mean that you're allowed to say and think anything you want. Uh, actually, a, a misunderstanding, I'll just throw this out there, is people think you can't open up a door in a movie theater and yell fire. Uh, that's the most common uh, thing said, is you can't yell fire in a movie theater, so you can't say anything you want. That's actually not true. Uh, you can say fire in a movie theater exactly the way it's described. You can't incite uh, a riot. You can't incite certain things. You get charged with something different for that. But the, the simple idea that someone could open up a door and yell fire and then run away and people do or don't believe them is not actually against any sort of First Amendment uh, right whatsoever. So it's just kind of funny uh, to, to when I'm in a conversation with someone and they say that, to, to say that back to them is that's not, it's not exactly true uh, the way you've just described it. Uh, but certainly on social media and other places, I don't understand the push for some of this because it says one simple thing. And I've been told that I'm wrong when I say it this way, but I'm going to say it again. Uh, essentially what it's saying is that you're stupid is that I'm stupid, is that a whole bunch of us are stupid, and we couldn't possibly figure out what is true and what is false, and someone who goes viral on the Internet is going to be 100% capable of convincing all of us uh, that whatever thing they say, no matter how much of a lie it is, is that it's true. And what we should be doing is allowing people, as is their right by the First Amendment, to say whatever they want, and then if the stuff they're saying isn't true, uh, people should be combating it with information to um, – supply the counter argument, not asking to silence people. When you silence someone, people think there's something there. Uh, when you tell them you can't talk anymore, you can't be on this platform anymore, you have to go away. Uh, that's when conspiracy theory is born. That's when it lives stronger. That's when it gets, um, you know, enhanced uh, because people now think that something is being hidden. Uh, I think that and I've quoted this before and I know it's a guy uh, people don't all love and I don't agree with on everything. Uh, but John Stewart said that when asked about the Kanye West and the anti-Semitic things that were in the news for a while. As he goes, my biggest problem, I'm paraphrasing John Stewart, is people are trying to silence him instead of trying to challenge him 
in conversations about the stuff he's saying. Uh, that, to me, is the part that respects our intelligence as people, is that we can handle any conversation and we can handle counterarguments. I know people will walk away uh, not believing the same stuff, and some people will be right, some people will be wrong. A lot of people will have opinion where there isn't exactly a right and wrong. But I, I will continue to say, um, and whether I'm, I'm overestimating or not, uh, everybody in our, our society, I continue to say that, that uh, information itself and silencing of information itself is a problem, uh, not necessarily the way in which to get around anything that's misinformation, disinformation, whatever the word malinformation is, um, uh, to prevent those things from becoming more popular. Uh, you just have to be willing to have the conversation, uh, people, uh, which I know a lot of the listeners of this show are very willing to have a whole lot of conversations. Quick break, a lot more, 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, we'll get to good story, bad story in about 10 minutes after the news break. Uh, real quick, I love going to the VFW in Peoria Heights. Uh, 2602 is the post number. Uh, the address is 1505 East Lake Avenue in Peoria Heights. Uh, go there, hang out. It's a bar. It's a cool bar. They got a bunch of gaming rooms in the back. They got darts. They got all the stuff you, you figure they have. Uh, and the atmosphere I just like a lot. But the thing, the reason I tell people to go most of all is what they do uh, with the money they make at that bar beyond just the self-serving nature, like the need to sustain it. Uh, they do a lot of philanthropic stuff in our community, in the surrounding areas. Uh, they help a lot of veterans. Uh, Eric, the quartermaster there, uh, just says it the, the best way when he says that they're just trying to be someone out there that's doing good, uh, which is exactly what you do if you serve and protect our country. So it's that same mentality. And so a lot of the money they make at the bar, again, is going to good causes, uh, causes that matter, causes that help people. So out of all the places you could go and spend money or even lose some, at say the gaming machines in back, the VFW in Peoria Heights would be my favorite place to do that. 2602 is the post number. Uh, 1505 East Lake Avenue in Peoria Heights is the address. The number 309-682-9875. 309-682-9875. And yes, they have a Craig Collins drink on the menu. It's like a, a vodka lemonade, a summery drink. Uh, you'll enjoy it. I've had several of them a couple times. It's cool to have like a drink named after me. On the menu. I, I do like that a lot. So thank you to them for that, too. Uh, but go check them out. Hang out. Have a good time. Uh, my wife and I go there often. So you'll probably see us there. Uh, some other things out there that I thought were interesting just quickly. Uh, I thought that um, if I ever had one of these, I don't think I would do the thing that this person did with it. Uh, actually, uh, producer, a uh, friend of the show, unofficial producer Dan hanging out, sent me it. A four pound skin thing that was removed from a person's body was turned into, quote, human leather. Uh, that is the most uncomfortable sentence I've said in a while on the show. Uh, would you turn stuff that Puts you... Puts the lotion on the skin. <laughs> no, man, no. Uh, would you turn stuff that you got off the body into things like this if it were... No. I, I, you know what I don't understand? I'm going to go a different road with this. I don't understand anybody that keeps like a kidney stone or something. Do you know anybody who's done any of that stuff? Like, I've heard of it. Kept things. And they put they... it on the mantle. Right. That doesn't feel like you should. I, I had feel a fatty like... tumor taken off my back, and supposedly when I was still under, when I was rolling out, they I said, I want it. <laughs> And did they give That's it to you? That's what the nurse told me. All they right. said, no, we have to biopsy it. And okay. So, and then yes, they threw it, it out. It was all okay. You weren't allowed to keep it? Oh, good. I'm glad everything's okay. Uh, I'm glad that you also asked for that. Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, but this person said that they've turned it into a Buffalo Bill trinket, 100% cruelty-free. <sighs> a woman in the U.K., uh, refined body art. 
uh, by turning uh, something that she wouldn't want on her into something that no one would want on them as far as fashion statement goes. But again, I, I guess like hoarding is one thing and it's not good. But the, the inability to let stuff go uh, that's been removed from your, your person uh, feels like another challenge we all face or very few of us face is probably the true way to say it. Another thing I saw out there, a mother-in-law announced um, a baby's birth before the couple themselves had a chance to do it. I think this is one of the things that was getting debated on some of the places I like in social media, uh, like Reddit's Am I the Jerk is what I always call it. But I guess in some sort of... sorry for that guy. <laughs> I guess in some sort of like group chat thing, uh, the mother-in-law fired it out there, and it made the, the person who's having the kid very upset. And as you said, uh, the actual uh, father of the child uh, probably dealing with a lot of drama. How many phone calls do you think he got that first day? He is done. Okay, yeah. Well, he's got to be on the side of the 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 misses. You can't be on the side of mom. In that That's case, you got to. I be. know, I know it is. You'd never want to pick between the There's two. There's gasoline on that fire. But here's here's what I'll say is the reason that I know who the right answer is. One of those two people is pregnant. hundred percent. Yeah, you got who's ever pregnant wins that war all the You're time. You're living in that house. You're what you are, and there's going to be a lot of ups and downs that I think are going to go on. You're changing all the, the diapers for the first year. That's for sure. <laughs> Mom might not be coming over as much as you thought she was going to be coming over. There's going to be things. But, yeah, no, in that world, I think the right answer is side. And, and mom will understand. She'll, she'll, she probably feels bad herself, I hope. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, more coming up, including Good Story, Bad Story, 1470s and AM, 100.3s and FM. And you can hear us on your smart speaker. Uh, play WMBD Radio is all you have to say. And you'll hear Will Stevenson talk about this. 1470. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Greg Collins Show. Um, before I get to the good story, bad story, I want to play a little bit of an interview with Pete Buttigieg, uh, Mayor Pete, um, who I guess at some point might wind up running for an office. He was asked that uh, recently in one of those silly interviews that you do uh, where he said, no, I'm not. Please stop. Um, but I thought this was interesting. He said there are five major priorities at the Department of Transportation. And out of all those priorities, one of the things I think he should also list is that he needs to pay more attention to stuff because he feels very behind very often, uh, very unwilling to, to respond right away to any of the things going on uh, with the transportation industry specifically, or even the problem with Southwest Airlines or the problem uh, in certain train derailment situations. He just feels like a guy that doesn't want the job he's been given, and he's not doing it as well as you want. But here are his five priorities for the Department of Transportation. To be brief, we, we have five major priorities at, at the Department of Transportation. Safety, which is the reason the DOT exists. Uh, economic development, equity, climate, and innovation. And I always have Equity, a, climate, and innovation. Those are other of the top uh, goals here. Hold on. A bit of an asterisk on the fifth, actually. All right. Because innovation is the one out of those five that's actually not uh, a goal in itself. <laughs> It exists only in uh, furtherance of the other. I don't know if I like that as the last little piece there, too. Just on its own, I'm not trying to go after him saying climate, equity, all that stuff is important, uh, more important than places, or excuse me, than things taking off and landing on time, the places you want them to go, people getting uh, from one spot to another. Uh, the thing that I like the most is like, we don't really want to innovate. Uh, we don't really want to push ourselves uh, forward in that capacity. We want to do uh, other things. We want to do easier things. We don't like doing computer updates, or at least we don't. Want to make Southwest Airline to them. All right, time for good story, bad story. Uh, first, the good stories, and there are several of them today. 
Uh, two recent Navy recruits saved their neighbor's life when a fire tore through a home in Montana. Uh, this happened earlier this week. Uh, one of the recruits is 20 and was visiting his mom uh, while on leave. The other is turning 18 and is heading off to basic training in a week. They were both up at 4 a.m. because they were having a competition competition, excuse me, to see who could stay up the longest. They sound like me and my friends when we were 12, uh, but they were probably doing it because it might benefit them. Uh, in the world in which you live, where you defend our country and fight in situations. So they're, they're both up, uh, two Navy guys, um, and they hear uh, 911, or they hear fire alarms, excuse me. Uh, they smell smoke, so they call 911, they come outside, and they save people's lives. Uh, that is awesome, mostly because, of course, uh, that is exactly what they're going to be expected to keep doing and the roles they're uh, choosing to, to pursue in their lives. So really, really cool, really love the story. Uh, there is one more uh, that's a nice little feel-good. A group of Baylor University students in Texas broke a weird world record uh, this month when they lined up 1,203 sleeping bags in a row. Uh, they'll all be handed out to the homeless veterans in the community, so it's going to do a lot of good. I could obviously break this record. I don't know how long it would take me to set all these up, but I want a world record, and setting up 1,204 uh, sleeping bags and then donating themselves uh, to charity, to veterans too, is something I could do over the period of a long amount of time, unless I recruit some help. But I, I like the fact that that's out there. I like that they did good. I like who it benefited. And I, I like that I feel like I finally found a record I could try to go after at some point. All right. Uh, the bad story. Uh, when I do good story, bad story, one of these stories is supposed to uplift you, uh, make you feel good about the world in which we live. And then the other one is supposed to be the cold, hard truth of what actually is uh, life for a lot of people. A woman stole a fire truck and pretended to be a volunteer firefighter. Uh, this happened in Florida. Uh, the woman was intoxicated, unsurprising when she did this, 44 years old. For some reason, the fire chief had let her spend the night at the station. I feel like more questions will be asked about that, uh, maybe just because she was uh, drinking. And at some, maybe there's honest good reasons I'm saying this out there. At some point in the morning, she decided to take off with the truck. Uh, it ran out of gas. Cops showed up. Uh, the woman didn't want to seem suspicious. This is my favorite part. So she just pretended to be a volunteer. That's like, oh, yeah, that's taking the truck out for a test, uh, doing what we typically do at the old fire department, uh, just driving it around for no reason, not going after anything specific all by myself. And I ran out of gas. The cops, surprisingly, I'm kidding, uh, sensed that something was amiss. So they took a look. They didn't see her name on any kind of roster. She's arrested. That is grand theft, fraud, and impersonating a firefighter. Uh, not good moves. It's unclear why she took the truck or if she was actually uh, planning on doing any firefighting. That's in the story in the Miami Herald. Uh, I doubt she was planning on doing any kind of firefighting, uh, but at least they've figured that part out. So that is a woman uh, who made some mistakes, who did some things poorly, uh, that probably would like to have some things done over again. And again, I'm sure they're going to ask some questions about why uh, she was in the fire um, uh, station in the first place uh, until the wee hours of the morning. Uh, no answers on that. Uh, none of those given. Uh, I thought this story was pretty funny. And actually, uh, my buddy, unofficial producer Dan, friend of the show, is hanging out. Uh, the mayor, uh, try, tired of uh, certain things being left on the streets. Um, I think this is uh, across the pond. Um, certain things being left on the streets by dogs has decided to make dogs get their own passports. I don't know if you have a problem in your own neighborhood of dogs that leave stuff. Um, I had it's not the dogs. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I had somebody. Um, I don't know when this happened because I didn't like see it occur, but it had to be a person. Um, so there was a wrapped up like Walgreens baggie uh, just left in in the sidewalk, kind of close to my house, not exactly in my house, in 
the area between mine and another one. And I'm pretty sure it was it was a dog dropping. And someone was just like, all right, I've put it in a bag. I'm done now. And they just dropped it down on the ground. So I threw it out um, last night because uh, trash was coming. But I thought that was a weird move. That's like a middle ground move of people who just leave something on a neighbor's yard. Like they didn't do that. They cleaned it up and then they decided they were done with it. So I think I'm more grateful than if you just leave it and, and just walk away with the dog. You know, like I'm choosing that option compared to option one, uh, not compared to the option where they actually t- kept it with them and took it all the way home. Do you have any reaction? <laughs> no, you're I'm just in shock that you're, <laughs> you're okay with this. I'm not okay with it. I'm not happy okay. about it. I was, okay. I, was, I was hoping it wasn't, you know, intentional for other reasons because, uh, you know, but if I had to choose because I've had people have their dog just go and then just walk away and leave it. If I had to pick which option, I would. I agree with you. I'm picking option yes. two, that they've done most of the work they've of done cleaning it, it up. Yeah. And then they thought, hey, maybe this guy wants to finish the last part of this, <laughs> throw it out for me. I'm not happy with it. I'm not it's asking people to do it. It's marked that way, at least. So yeah, if you right, go mow yeah. your yard, you know you're not going to well, step on it. I talked about this maybe a month ago um, or maybe a little more when uh, we were having the very slow start to the summer or when we were just having a lot of you know droughty days. The grass wasn't growing that much. Right. So I wasn't mowing it a lot. And so there was a day where the grass was a little longer than it should be in the front yard that somebody let a dog go and left the whole thing. I think they thought it was hidden. I think they thought I wasn't going to find it for a bit. I disliked that a lot. That was as everyone does. So then when I found, you know, a little bit later, more recently, the one that it was least mostly picked, maybe that's why. Maybe I'm someone who's already been burned a couple times, so now I'm happy that it's getting a little better. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Although it was left between the yards. So it might have been for me. might have been for the neighbor. I don't know who it was for. Uh, but I can get back to the actual topic. Uh, do you like the idea of the dog passport, that dogs would carry a passport to prove that they're dogs who are, you know, on the up and up? Excessive. In the world of- <laughs> Excessive. Where Gover- does it stop? Government overreach is terrible, man. No, I get it. I understand. I agree. Uh, this is happening in Spain, uh, it seems like. Uh, but, yeah, in 2023, in July of 2023, uh, dogs in some of these areas are going to have to start carrying identification cards. Can we talk about his campaign strategy right now? Yeah. So when he's, like, up for re-election, he can say, well... I, I did institute passports for dogs. I mean, wh- how does that help? Yeah, how's that going to help him at all? Yeah. Well, I love the fact that he might also be, you know, on a microphone somewhere being like, remember when dogs used to go in yards? <laughs> I fixed that for you guys. This guy gets stuff done. You need me in 2024. Uh, I would love that campaign. And actually, it would uniquely help me because, uh, yeah, I, I would like to have less of that happening. I think I know the neighbor. who would, Is that bad? I'm th- pretty sure I know the neighbor who's doing – and it's not just my yard. I feel like we're starting to get a coalition together, uh, knowing who's walking the dog and not doing all the stuff they're supposed to do. And eventually, I guess we all just uh, get our torches and go to his house. I assume that's option two at some point. I think that's... that's... <laughs> okay, good. You're not going to do it. You're like, we know it's you, man. I got a ring doorbell. I'm, I'm pretty sure I have some video evidence. All right. Quick break. A lot more. That got... Uh, I shouldn't have gone that far. Quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 1470. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Almost out of here for the day. Dave Ramsey taking over. I'm going to bring him on again. I know you've been hearing his voice a lot today. A buddy of mine, a Dan, unofficial producer Dan, is what I used to call you at a different radio stop I was at because uh, you'd send me a lot of things. Uh, you love The Bachelor. Or do you still watch The Bachelor and The Bachelor? I don't, I don't watch it as much. I just saw that okay. you know they're doing The Golden Bachelor, which we had talked about years I know. ago. I saw it. I saw the promo for it. I, you probably are the one that sent it to me. Um, pretty interesting, pretty funny. But you like The Bachelor the way I like The Bachelor or the way that um, Gary Meyer used to like The Bachelor. The emotions of it the make train it a, wreck. It's a funny show. Yes. The emotions of it make it very amusing uh, because a lot of the people on it 
say week in and week out, I'm here for love. I'm here for all the right reasons. And then when they get broken up with on live TV uh, with the guy or girl that they've only known for three weeks, they cry as if they've just lost like a 10-year marriage. There's something about every part of that. And so you became my buddy, uh, listening to the radio and joking about uh, The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. And now uh, you just had the time uh, to hang out here today while you're doing recruiting uh, for your uh, college that you coach swimming at. Yep. And you're a swimmer. You've you swam. Swam for 18 years. Okay. You won stuff at certain times. I, I feel was, like you've told me this yeah, before. Yeah, I was a five-time All-American. So that's something a to brag about. Swimmer. That's nice. That's good. Um, uh, what is the biggest tip you give to anybody in the world of your sport? Learn how to swim. <laughs> Learn how to swim. And if you're an adult, it's going to be a lot harder. Okay. It's a lot easier when you're a kid. I so. said the biggest tip you give to anybody in your sport. Uh, that's the biggest tip you give to just any human. Junior Republic. Learn, Water okay. is the most learn dangerous thing. I'd love it if that's like most of the team. I just pictured your team very different than the one that won a championship where they're showing up and you're like, all right, you guys need to learn how to swim. <laughs> and then we'll get we'll get this to a point where we're winning stuff. Uh, by the way, what did you win? What's the uh, or the? League uh, we won, won the uh, CCIW conference championship, okay. so that was exciting. And yeah. I'm, I'm uh, my son's swimming this weekend in a big championship meet on Saturday, and we're so wow. excited about that. So your son's name is Maverick. Maverick, yep. Named after um, Top Gun. He is not. Yeah, I've said this every time yeah, you say yeah, it. No, he is not. He's named when, when, exactly after the character in Top Gun. The uh, mistake the Tom that Cruise was made plays. was is, <laughs> is my when I came up with the name, my my wife said. Uh, what you know? What everybody's going to associate with Top Gun? I said, there's no way he's ever going to make another Top Gun movie. Yeah, there's never going to happen again. And right? thanks a lot, Tom Cruise, because you put Maverick in the name. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, appreciate did you, it. Did you go see that movie with Maverick? It was amazing. Yes. Well, okay. That was a cool experience. <laughs> I, I was and wondering. He asked me, Dad, is this what I'm named after? Yeah, yeah, of course he did. I was wondering if when you were in the theater, like before it started, and you realized it was great, you were kind of mad still. You were like a little bit. 100. Uh, <laughs> percent If I could talk to Tom Cruise, I'd tell him. Your son swims. He does. Yeah, I knew. I know that. Yeah. Does he have a theme song? Does he have an entrance music thing? Do they do that in he swimming? He doesn't. Not okay. yet. Because you know age. what it should be. Oh, I know. Right? Okay. Oh, okay. I know. I just want to make sure you know uh, what it would be. That's great. Um, anything else going on for you? Anything else that people should know about you? Um, um, uh, anything else that you want to share? Just love radio and uh, yeah. and uh, the passion of it. And, you know, yeah. Craig, I appreciate our our friendship and that we've had over these years. Yes. So. And uh, you also used to work in politics for a while? Used to work on Capitol Hill, work for okay. J.C. Watts. Um, uh, you're someone who's worked on campaigns before. Yes. So let me ask you this as a guy who's, who's done that before. Uh, and specifically, I could ask you about uh, the former president. I could ask you about anybody. But I think I'm uniquely interested in DeSantis and how he's run his campaign so far, mm -hmm. especially how he chose to um, – uh, VFW, Eric, the quartermaster there, says he's officially goose now. So you can be Mav. He can be goose. You guys can hang out. Um, um, DeSantis, even launching his campaign on Twitter, seemed to definitely be a mistake. I actually saw him up in uh, Iowa, and I was impressed with his presentation that he did with Kim Reynolds. Um, but what I did notice, and being in politics for so long, he struggles with the rope line. And if you cannot do retail politics, especially when you're trying to get off the ground, especially in Iowa, it's a retail politics state, mm -hmm. um, you're going to struggle. And uh, you and I had this conversation before. You know, W is probably the best in – I met W several times when I was in D.C. Yeah. Best personal – he, he knew you? I, I got to see yeah. uh, George W. Bush speak, and I got to be in the rope line uh, after the conversation. And I agree with you a lot that there are not many people that become likable so quickly to so many. Um, and he's definitely one of those people that seemed really good at that. Like, I know all the criticisms of, of W. or a lot of politicians. You're like, this guy's an idiot. This guy's this. They're that. Uh, but, yeah, when you're face-to-face -face with someone, when you're in the, the – you know, meet and greet kind of situations. It feels as though that is is a, a unique time uh, to. And honestly, I, I do think he comes off DeSantis, even though 
He comes off very intelligent. He comes off as somebody that could maybe get a lot done um, if he's put in positions of power, like in Florida. Uh, he comes off as someone that is less likable than a lot of people are, even just in those conversations you see on TV. In the primary, you're going to vote for who you trust, mm-hmm. and it's a personal feeling. Yeah. And that's typically that's where he's going to struggle, I think. is is I saw it firsthand when I was there. I was in the rope line, um, and he just could not connect with people on a personal level. Do you think that um, um, sticking to the I'm fighting woke is also a problem? That's something he gets criticized about a lot, um, saying that I'm – I'm anti this, I'm anti that in the world of, of the woke world in which we live. And he said he's one of the only people who's defined that word. I think he's struggled with that. I also think he's he's sitting in the shadow of Trump. And Trump has the answer that I saved him in his, his campaign. And mm. and as long as that's the answer Trump keeps pivoting to, it, it puts DeSantis in a tough spot. All right. Uh, I like this, actually. I've never really put you in a position to be a political analyst before, have I, uh, in no. all the time we've chatted. So do you like this? Are you in the- I love it. <laughs> okay, I, cool. I, I I love the I, campaign style. I mean, yeah. I love campaign. I I, I well, worked in marketing and advertising. That's what campaigns are. We're trying mm-hmm. to reach the voter. Yeah. So yeah, you're trying to convince the voter that your message matters and that you matter. And obviously, the passion for the former president is there and has been there for a long time. Uh, here's another thing that's been said a lot in the world of political campaigns. Um, do you think that the politicians that are not Trump on the conservative side of the area on the aisle are attacking him enough and is specifically attacking uh, the Justice Department challenges, the indictments, all of that stuff? Because as I've said on the show, I think a lot of people, especially supporters of the former president, uh, see all it stacked together, see all of it as as politically created or politically uh, motivated. Um, even if some of it is stuff that Trump could be found guilty of, I think the the um, the overall arching feel that I get from a lot of people is that there's too much all at once. There's no way it's legitimate, and it actually winds up inspiring more um, um, passion uh, to support Trump, even to say he's an underdog somehow, uh, even though he's a former president and someone that got a whole lot of votes in 2020. Um, uh, people seem to feel as though they're supporting someone who who seems unlikely to win. I know there's a pullout today. I know that I always get told that this poll says one thing, this other poll says a different thing. It has Biden beating Trump, um, so it might not matter to a lot of people. But do you think that's another big mistake is the Republicans are afraid to unleash the, the Kraken, whatever it would be, against Trump in the world where he seems potentially most vulnerable, uh, talking about all of his legal challenges? The problem is you have to be able to punch back. You know he's going to come back at you and attack. Mm-hmm. He has a machine that's ready to do that. Do any of these have the money and power to thrash back. Well, and when he says that it's politically motivated and that if you're criticizing him for it, you're behaving as a rhino or whatever the word would be you choose, uh, someone who's propping up the machine that's against him, it seems like that would be a hard thing to counterpunch. The hard part with Trump is he stays on message extremely well. And if you Not look a lot at of it, people would agree with what well, you just said, but they, terms, they don't pay attention because I agree with you. In terms of the fact that he is able to have the same response over and over and over again. If you look at the campaign between Kerry and Bush, Bush was amazing at staying on attack in terms of staying on message. Yeah, Uh, yeah. going in with specific agenda and accomplishing that agenda. And never moving off that box. Yeah. Yeah, and that's actually probably another reason that Trump is willing to do a lot of interviews and sit down with a lot of people. He doesn't really care who they are. And his typical challenge when someone is tough with him is, why aren't you this tough with other people? And he knows his base loves when he goes off on tangents. So he can play to that very well. And he knows that's not going to affect him in any way. So who do you think wins on the Republican side of the aisle? Who's the nominee? You think it's Trump? I have right now. I think it is. There's no way. Yeah, I, so, something has Unless to. Unless something breaks heavily, or someone 
mm-hmm. comes into the debate and just exceeds expectations. Yeah, although I don't know if Trump – I know eventually he'll be debating, but I know he doesn't really feel like he needs to, and he doesn't. Uh, the debate would only be for someone to defeat him, not for him he to can gain low, anything. He can only lower expectations at yeah, that point. That's correct. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, thank you for that, Paul.